1: And welcome back to Cancelled Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a critic.
0: Everybody calls me Bibbs. Hello. Welcome also to Holy Batman. Yeah. The Batman podcast where we talk about every episode of the original 1960s Batman. My name is Whitney Seibold. I too am a critic. Yeah. This is a crossover episode for us. Crossover with ourselves. How did we even do that? Well, it is a multiverse of madness. Touché. Uh Here's here's
1: how this works. Uh, so, Cancel Too Soon is our long-running show where we review TV shows that didn't have a chance. They only lasted a season. Sometimes they only lasted an episode. However, over at our Patreon, patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network, uh, we've had a long-running show called Holy Batman, holy with a W, like entirely Batman, where we have been reviewing every single episode of the Adam West-Burt Ward live-action Batman series from the 1960s, of which... There were quite a lot. It was kind of a big deal. It was a huge TV series at the Mm. time. We covered all three seasons of the show. We covered the movie. And, uh, well, it doesn't end there because Adam West and Burt Ward reprised their roles of Batman and Robin and indeed appeared in sort of an amalgamation of, of those characters and their real selves in multiple other forms of media. And we wanted to cover a lot of those, too. And while a lot of people know about, say, the more recent DC animated movies that Adam West was able to complete before he passed away, uh, there were a few other projects that slipped under the radar of a lot of people, and one of them was a television series that lasted only one season, and so here we are. We thought it belonged here, <laughs> and after this episode, canceled Too Soon will continue along its merry way, we have a fun one lined up for next time, and Holy Batman will toddle back off. To the Patreon page for the last, uh, like, what we got, like a half dozen episodes left, something There's like a that? Cu- a couple of projects yeah, over. F-
0: future progress, projects for Holy Batman.
1: So, uh, what we have here for you today is an animated series based on Batman, starring Adam West as Batman, Burt Ward as Robin, and an unholy <laughs> fucking <laughs> goblin creature who ruins. The, if you thought Scrappy Doo was annoying, you were right. Mm. But. Scrappy-Doo is, like, nowhere near as annoying in my heart. Oh,
0: no. Scrappy-Doo will... Well, first of all, no one's ever going to replace Gergi from The Black Cauldron. Okay, uh, well,
1: fair enough. I I stand corrected. Gergi is the worst.
0: Remember when Gergi died and you were so happy, and then they went out of their way to bring him back to life using black magic? And we're, like, like, five years old, and we're like, no! No! Leave (laughs) him dead! (laughs) He belongs Um, dead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Scrappy-Doo is... One, one of the worst. Just easily one of the worst animated characters ever. You want to murder that little twerp. Scrappy
1: is. And they're all, part of a, they're all part of a. You know what? Let's introduce the show and get back to this because this all is really right. important to the yeah. foundation of the thing. <laughs> there, there's, let's, there's a
0: whole trend at, at, at play here. Let's
1: play the clip. Let's start you off right and introduce you to the new adventures of Batman and me, Bat <laughs> Greetings, Batfans. This is Batman. And Robin, the
0: Boy Wonder. And me too, Batmite. Welcoming you to the new adventures of Batman. Watch us wage our never-ending battle of good versus evil. Ride with us as we chase the greatest array of villains the world has ever seen, proving that crime does not pay. Get set for thrills and action. Join me, Batman. And me, Robin the Boy Wonder. And Batgirl. And me too, Batmite. In the super new adventures of Batman. (laughs) Okay. And and Batgirl. (laughs) Always the afterthought in every
1: opening credit sequence of the 1960s Batman. I don't know why. The year is 1977. Uh, And uh, DC superheroes have been pretty popular On Saturday mornings for a while Uh, Mm -hmm. This is at the same time uh, That the Super Friends was already on the
0: air The Super Friends Which was, um, they called it the Super Friends Um, It's which came after uh, The Justice League in the comics The yeah. Justice League Was in the 60s I don't know why um, they,
1: they didn't call it The Justice League Maybe, maybe they Maybe there's thought... some legal
0: reason They couldn't use the name Maybe they thought no. Super Friends was just Friendlier um, I don't know But, but yeah the, It was, it was yeah. all of the, the DC Comics superheroes Gathered together and fought I, I think it was called The Legion of Evil
1: uh, um, Legion of Doom
0: Legion of Doom And yeah. they, they were All of the, the DC Comics Super yeah. villains yeah. Yeah. Gathered like Lex
1: Luthor was in there The Riddler was in there now, I know uh, a... Cheetah Like a whole bunch of Different villains from different you're, heroes
0: All teamed up Yeah Here's what I remember from Super Friends, watching it as a young child. Uh, I don't remember Batman. I don't remember Superman. I don't remember Wonder Woman. Yeah. I remember the Wonder Twins. Yeah. Uh, the Wonder Twins were uh, a twin brother and sister, and mm. I think they were human. Like, maybe they were space aliens or something? They looked kind uh, of,
1: like, elf-like.
0: Yeah, and yeah. their uh, their superpowers were they could transform their bodies, but only if they touched hands. Yeah, like they would wonder both... twin powers activate yeah, and they, they would like
1: it was like the thing remember we did the the animated thing... series the thing, thing, thing ring, ring do your thing yeah. the thing had a uh, uh was uh, in this animated series in the 1970s the thing wasn't the guy from the fantastic four the thing was a teenage boy who had thing rings and whenever he pressed the rings together and said thing ring do your thing magical orange rocks would fly onto his body from another dimension transforming him into a giant super strong old brooklynite <laughs> this old old jewish brooklyn guy uh... i
0: I don't understand he, he, it. It makes some... he turned into not just the thing, but another person. Yeah, very guess, confusing. Uh, which is sort of like uh, it's like Shazam, but if like Shazam was also like a different person. Well, actually, in uh, the comics, sometimes he was like. There's so a really bizarre. inconsistent anyway. about how that works. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Wonder Twins. Uh, one of them could turn into anything, an, water. an, an animal, and another one could turn into like an a- inanimate object. Yeah. So like one could turn into an eagle, and one would turn into a rock. That kind of thing. And, yeah. Um, It was always like the most mundane thing. Like the animal would turn into something really cool. I'm going to be a panther and I'm going to maul the bad guy. I'm going to be a bucket of sand. (laughs) You know, just pour me on the ground. I I always
1: Uh, always thought it was funny when. Green Lantern is a superhero you've made fun of many times because you think it's a weird character. And guess what it
0: is? (laughs) It's a a strange concept to me.
1: I like the character, too. I'm sure a lot of people listening like the Uh, character. But let's admit it. Weird idea for a superhero. mm -hmm. Space cops with a magic green ring that you can use to turn into anything as long as it doesn't touch anything yellow. A little strange.
0: And and the color green is, like, vital to... Their power That's somehow. the power That's oh, yeah. the
1: color Of concentrated willpower You put enough willpower In a, in a bucket It'll be green uh, Again Really weird We accept it Because we've lived with it For so long But it's really fucking weird uh,
0: it, Was Do they ever mention Nietzsche Because Nietzsche's whole thing Was uh, like the will to power Like willpower Was a big part of his philosophy I'm sure philosophy. someone has But I don't recall it offhand like, Was he a Green Lantern mm, He'd sound like he'd be Like a bad guy
1: Green Lantern
0: But yeah Fair enough Anyway he, If he was a Green Lantern He could have saved that Turin horse <laughs> Shut up.
1: Anyway, the that is a deep cut. Okay, (laughs) that is a no, 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 no. You know what? You know what? Philosophy. Let let people Wikipedia something for themselves. Okay, fine. (laughs) Look we're we're, we're, we're on our, like, eighth description of something So that we can start talking about this series Where does it all end? Right. Where does the rabbit hole end?
0: I, I could tell them about the significance of the turn. My horse point, And its relationship to Nietzsche My, my all point right. about
1: Green Lantern was simply this right. For many, many years, Hal Jordan was the Green Lantern And he would do things, like, he would create He could do anything he wanted he created create anything he wanted out of this energy substance And he'd create boxing gloves Manifest, like, and, like physical objects And, yeah. like, you know surfboards or whatever like that and then in the 1990s Hal Jordan turned evil don't ask long story and uh, there was only one Green Lantern ring left he like killed all the other Green Lanterns and they ended up giving it to and this is such a great meta idea a comic book artist so guess what he started doing interesting things with it he started doing like really cr- clever and creative and beautiful looking things because what the fuck was the boxing glove about
0: do we That's nonsense. And Hal Jordan will later justify it. I like boxing. A a boxing glove pads your fists. Right? So you you hit them softer. Right? If if your superheroes live by a code of violence and fighting, surely you want harder fists, right? You would think. Turn his fists into cinder blocks or something. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, but um, where the fuck was I going with this? Creativity. Uh, Just, uh... Nonsense. We we were talking about the Super Friends, and I don't know why you brought up... The Wonder Twins. The
1: Wonder Twins didn't do anything very creative.
0: When they had the power
1: to literally do anything and they didn't do anything creative, um, Uh, it always bothered me that even mm -hmm. in animation, yeah, limited animation, but still animation, Mm -hmm. people didn't really come up with neat things for superheroes to do. They got really lazy.
0: uh, Well, because... uh the New Adventures of Batman is not... Uh, we, we slag on Hanna-Barbera all the time. This is not a Hanna-Barbera production. This is Filmation. It's, Which is a uh, spin off of
1: Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, this
0: is, this is <laughs> Lou Scheimer's joint. And uh, Lou Scheimer, who also did uh, Star Trek, the animated series, and uh, mm-hmm. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, other shows besides. <clears throat> um y- when you watch, if you've seen Star Trek: The Animated Series and also The New Adventures of Batman, they recycle all the music. The music, yeah, it's weird. They use all the same. music. It was so distracting; like they just did not care. That's like That's in Batman as well. Bam. Dun 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 dun. Bam bam. Yeah, it's. If you we
1: want, we also reviewed all every episode of the animated Star Trek on our podcast, mm. so it's all very familiar. Yeah. Anyway, this is uh,
0: Filmation. but uh, because of Hanna Barbera, uh, mm. we're living through this uh, even as late as the the late seventies. Mm. We're still uh, working in this uh, production milieu of uh, limited animation. Yeah, they're trying to uh, animate, save money, de- save money by designing and animating in such a way where they don't have to move a lot and. Yeah they've already kind of manufactured... I think Filmation really sort of zeroed in on this particular style, where um, they weren't necessarily designing the characters in a limited way, but they were still animating them that way. So you'll have a completely static face and a completely still head and shoulders, but the eyes and the mouth would be animated separately. So they're kind of like floating free on the the character's face. And the other
1: thing that they would do is they would recycle animation a lot. So you'd only Mm -hmm. need so many... Different uh, images or moving moving images Of Batman and Robin talking to one another All you have to do is change the backgrounds every once in a while mm. So it looks like they're in a different scene no You can get away with that all the time So that each individual episode of The New Adventures of Batman After you've seen like the first two or three Probably only has... It's like Seven new backgrounds And then like 70% another 70% like,
0: new animation like, Oh if
1: that If that, I'd say 50 times <laughs> Like it's a lot Of recycled animation Which I get You don't it's, need it's, it A lot of that. You get away with it Pretty good it,
0: If the story f- is yeah. fun You can get away with it if It's fine if the characters Are doing and saying Interesting things Yeah uh, So yeah We have this kind of Limited animation mm. And I, I'm not sure If there was some sort of Legal thing Because some of the characters Look very different From their mm. uh, Comic book counterparts Catwoman in particular Catwoman's costume is very Different, and she um, seems to be a completely different character now. Yeah, the the characters uh, the that they had in credits, they have the Riddler, but he's not in the show. Well, that's
1: actually there's actually explainable. The mm-hmm. the rights to certain villains mm-hmm. uh, were not shared. Okay, so like the Joker couldn't show up on Super Friends because he was here, and the New Adventures of Batman, which is on a different network.
0: Makes sense And right.
1: then uh, The Riddler Could like They were able to like Show him in the credits But he actually showed up In Super Friends And not so, here Okay So it has so to like, be
0: A legally different Riddler Yeah So like Some, so they, 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 him they, him some, some characters not. Rather than the, the usual green one That we're used to Exactly uh, uh, Yeah And So here we are With this limited animation Uh familiar Batman characters mm. and presumably because it's Adam West and Burt Ward this is a continuation of everything we've seen from the 60s TV show so yes. it's 11 years later a new generation has passed mm. uh the people who watched Batman as a kid are in high school or are having kids of their own yeah probably and, like uh, a
1: lot of like people who watch Batman as young people mm. uh are probably having their younger children watch I this know, program
0: uh, I know uh I, I can't substantiate this but I've, I've heard tell that uh, mm. the original Batman series is very popular among the stoner crowd, like the, the kids who were smoking all the, the wacky tabacky. So mm. th- those teenagers are now adults, and they probably have kids of their own, and now they're raising the kids. It's, exactly. it's passing the nostalgia on. It's, it happens all the time now.
1: Exactly, It's
0: been fascinating watching the stuff I watched as like a kid and as a teenager mm-hmm. Be passed on to kids of this generation
1: Repackaged yeah.
0: Look at all this All this repackaged stuff you loved I didn't love that Yeah, I just remember it And what's weird uh, is that
1: As time goes on mm-hmm. I notice people caring less and less and less About certain things Oh yeah, like uh, Ghostbusters. Like a lot of young people yeah, don't care fading, nearly as much now. about Ghostbusters as their parents do, or their grandparents mm-hmm. do in, the, in some cases. Well, because
0: it was being sold to people who watched it as kids. Yeah, and all the it's toys sold- and the new things and the cartoons were still being sold to that the same age group. Yeah, category. it's being sold it as just- this
1: thing for old for previous generations, and kids want their own stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Like yeah, some some of that stuff's cool, and you can always re- you know recycle it or reboot it, but some of it is just gonna age. i was seeing that with some of with uh, Star Wars. Even i have seen some people hmm. just being a little less interested in the new Star Wars, and yeah, like, yeah, just it's like it's because like a lot of the, the Star Wars that they're making right now, with the exception maybe of the the you know the Ray and uh, Finn and Poe trilogy. Mm-hmm. Being packaged for people Who are fans of the old stuff Not necessarily for kids Oh no
0: it's, it's not, Nothing but that Like you know, Boba
1: Fett Is not made for children It's certainly not made For new audiences hmm. You know the, Mando isn't made how, For new how, audiences How much
0: you watched it And how much affection You have you from know. repeat Watchings of that character In mm-hmm. our big cell point And over time
1: show. You're going to hit A diminishing return on that And your younger audiences Are going to get less interested So this this series The New Adventures of Batman Is in an interesting sweet spot Where it's part of this New wave Of animated super superhero shows mm-hmm. that are on television but it's got the old cast from the 1960s show which by the time little kids were watching this in 1977 and 1978 when it was airing on cbs uh might be a little passe hard to mm-hmm. say uh but in any case the new adventures of batman uh here's the status quo because every new batman reboot mm-hmm. sequel whatever well, there's okay, a new status let, quo. Let, things let me, are a little different now.
0: let me uh let me pause it that this is a continuation of the 1960s show, mm-hmm. but there have been 11 years of adventures that we just weren't privy to. Probably the case. So that, that's, what, that's why we are where we are in 1977.
1: I, I'm willing to buy that in, in every conceivable way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Batman and Robin are still living together in Wayne Manor. Alfred, nowhere to be seen. It's been 11 years, presumably dead.
0: Died of old age. Died of old age. Hopefully, uh, hopefully uh,
1: happily with his family around him, knowing he led a life well lived, and now same with Aunt Aunt Harriet. Same with Aunt Aunt Harriet, Harriet. and now uh, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. Uh, are on their own, and they're reasonably content to do so. They're rich, they can mm. take care of themselves. In fact, we see them living a very swinging bachelor lifestyle because they're always, like, doing cool guy stuff like slot car racing or bowling in their private bowling alley. Mm. But then they'll be doing things like gambling who's going to cook for a week. And indeed... And they're cooking bachelor
0: stuff. It's yeah, like the first my, like, episode, like well, Bruce Wayne well, says... It like I, a, it's like a sardine souffle or something really like cool. It was
1: a... a Bruce Wayne is like Ha ha I beat you at Pong That's the first episode First thing we see Bruce Wayne Beating Dick Grayson At Pong And he says Ha ha Now you have to cook For a week And Dick Grayson's like I know What I'm going to cook And he's like Oh god no Not your peanut butter And sardine pie Yeah peanut butter
0: Sardine That's it Yeah
1: which and he's like, because oh, that doesn't sound very appetizing, does it? Later on, we'll find out that when they're watching a movie, Dick Grayson burns popcorn and doesn't know that there's anything wrong with that. So I so, think so. It, these
0: are bachelor. Well, I also
1: think that maybe like in their adventures, like Robin got like punched in the face a lot and like doesn't have like a good sense of smell anymore <laughs> or something. Like maybe he just
0: he can't tell so, there's anything wrong with this. Some sort of brain trauma. All yeah, maybe all he smells his burnt toast now. Maybe. Um, <laughs>
1: I don't. Uh, yeah, I just. I'm just saying. Anyway, the,
0: uh, the unusual. Okay, so they're they're bachelors. Yeah, time has passed. And but every Rob, episode they fight a new supervillain. Uh, maybe this is part of like a way to hoodwink the public. But Robin is still calling himself the Boy Wonder. Yeah. Well, he's still relatively young. Even if it's well, 11 years, he's in his mid to late 20s. Boy, Wonder. Eh. I wouldn't want to be called Boy Wonder when I was in my late 20s. I know. Listen, you get stuck with the brand. What are you going to do? I guess Boys to Men are still called Boys to Men. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, like the but they boys the, the, never the whole, became the Beastie Man. But, uh... Well, that's, that's a better example
1: because Boys to Men is actually not <laughs> like a name, it's a period of transition. I guess. They the, There used to be boys, then they became as unto the uh... men. So they're actually men, but okay. we're seeing that they evolved as such and we're getting mm. a sense of who they were mm. along their
0: travels. Oh, uh, well. Whenever I knew life would get rough, I I always knew you'd be right there, and I thank you. Yeah, uh, those are Boys to Men lyrics. Uh, I, I know, <laughs> Boys <laughs> to Men were great. I, I love Thank You. That's my favorite Boys to Men song. It's a great song. Uh, okay, so fine. But he's not that he's relatively not, he's status quo. Well. Robin, the boy 2 man wonder. <sighs> but you can't say you can't say like Robin, the man wonder. Well, to be that... fair, the comics actually address this <laughs> Well, I know he like, graduated to being his own superhero eventually. Yeah,
1: he eventually decided that he wanted to do his own thing He, he learned changed, enough from Batman Changed his name for changed Robin Changed his name, changed his costume, started wearing pants mm. he, he did his own stick. I don't think that it happened yet Or if it did It had only been recent And the idea of Batman Without Larry. a Robin Was pretty His name is yeah. Nightwing yeah. Right? yeah I'm wondering um, When the first appearance Of Nightwing was I want to mm, say It was the late 70s the Early look 80s Look up
0: Nightwing But yeah Night, Nightwing Was uh, yeah. Robin all grown up
1: uh, Meanwhile Barbara Gordon Who in the live action Television series Was a mild mannered librarian When she was a Batgirl uh, Has also graduated To now she's An assistant district attorney We never actually see her do any courtroom stuff, but it gives her an opportunity to, like, Um, be in the same room as Commissioner Gordon and actually making command decisions and doing crime-fighting stuff.
0: Nightwing did not appear in comic books until uh, Tales of Teen Titans number 44, which was in 1984.
1: So there you go. We're still, like, seven years out from Mm. it being canon that Robin would stop being Robin. Yeah. So. Anyway... Batman and Robin are doing their thing. They're fighting bad guys, living a swinging bachelor lifestyle. The various villains that we're going to run into, and we'll give you the uh, the heads up on all like the new villains and the old villains and how they're how they're
0: going about their days. Uh, uh, but they have one other problem. Well, there's there's Batman, there's Robin, mm-hmm. there's Batgirl, yes, and there's now a fourth member of the team as kind of
1: yeah, uh, Batmite. B a t m a i t. Who is M -M I T
0: E? Might. What did I say? You said M A I T, Batmate. Batmate. No, Batmite. Bat. -bat, And Batmite has precedent in the comics. Yeah,
1: Batmite's from the comics. Batmite is an extra-dimensional Batman superfan who has godlike powers, but acts like an immature child and insists on every episode on being escorted along Batman and Robin's adventures so that he can, quote, help, even though 95% of the time all he does is ruin everything. Mm. Uh, I this, hate Batmite. This
0: this is where we're going to get into the weeds a little bit with, yeah. the, with the character of Batmite. Because Batmite uh, started up in the comics in the late 50s mm-hmm. uh, and was meant to be this sort of like... Uh, Impish trickster god. Nuisance villain. And yeah, bear in mind, the uh, 1950s for
1: superhero comics was a much wackier time overall. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of weird, silly stuff happening in the comics, and that was just status quo that was part yeah, the, of the fun of
0: a, it. A lot of people point to, uh you know, look at the 1960s Batman. It's so campy. They don't take the character seriously. It's not accurate to the comics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was. It was completely accurate to that's the comics. What the comics that's were. what the comics were like at the time. Uh, including the big, noisy sound effects. And they, I think they stopped doing sound effects in comics just as a style after a while.
1: Um, it's pretty rare now. You, know, they, um, you don't see,
0: like, wham, or written out in letters on, on the page it's, anymore.
1: It's, it's not the norm, but they can pull it out when they want to, but right. it's not like every page. is full of it because I think we've all learned the visual language of it. And if we mm. see a big striking panel of Batman punching the Joker, we can imagine the wham. Yeah, we yeah. know what that
0: sounds like. But if there's, like... You, you can still do it. As, as a fan of Mad Magazine's Don Martin, I do miss sound effects. Mm-hmm. And Don Martin was the one who did things like Kashputzka like really weird sound effects. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that, that silliness was baked into the premise of Batman. And uh, in the late 50s, a lot of this kind of wacky stuff was coming out. And several... Uh, TV series and comics uh, Started pulling out this character type This miniature trickster God mm-hmm. uh, All powerful, none too bright A little bit childish uh, And keen on playing pranks
1: Yeah, uh, We saw this with Mr. Mixia Spitlick mm-hmm. uh, From the superhero comics we saw the this super,
0: with, Superman, right? Did super, oh I say
1: superhero? Specifically know a Superman villain it's, He's a though, Superman right? villain, yeah. there was uh, the Impossible Man From the Fantastic Four That's right uh, it's a pretty it's a relatively common uh, uh trope. We, q we t- from star trek is arguably is, one of these types of characters although, at least uh, sometimes
0: the, the idea of yeah the, the the trickster god and of course the idea of the trickster god is an ancient concept that goes back to you know ancient mm-hmm. folklore and religious texts
1: yeah a lot um, of different cultures yeah, have like, look this,
0: up yeah. look up what a rakshasas is and yeah. uh, um but yeah the these trickster gods started making their way uh Comedically, cartoonishly into uh, superhero comics. Now, you look at a superhero design, they're exaggerated, they have square-jawed, but they're still shaped like humans. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were different from a little bit more exaggerated uh, cartoon designs. And so it was kind of this fun juxtaposition to have, like, the square-jawed, serious Batman uh, paired with this little critter.
1: Yeah, from, like, a comic strip.
0: Like, a little bit more broadly presented... Weird creature, yeah, like a, a comedy comic strip. Yeah, so uh, Batmite
1: and, is a is like a is a basically a cherub, mm-hmm. uh, wearing an ill fitting homemade Batman costume because he's such a big Batman.
0: Uh, fan. I, I don't know the his the comic book history of why Batmite decides to dress like Batman. Maybe he's just a fan. He's of a fan. Batman. That's the only reason.
1: Basically, I mean, um, like I haven't read every single Batman uh, Batmite comic. I'd love but to Basically, see a, yeah, he's a fan.
0: I know that's happened numerous times through a comic book history. Somebody will take on a superhero name just cause they're a fan of the original yeah. and they'll end up being the superhero. There's really
1: nothing stopping them. Like yeah, that's not,
0: <laughs> that was a big deal with one of the, uh, like spider woman number five or which there yeah. have been a lot of spider womans.
1: Yeah. Or at yeah. the beginning of uh, the dark Knight, there's a lot of like copycat Batman.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, why?
1: What we's not, he didn't copyright that shit. Like, I, I wish
0: the movie was like about that. That was like, a, yeah. that's an interesting enough story just to be a movie on its own. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the origin of that trope is, like this particular wave of it. We talked about the Great Gazoo well, from uh, the Flintstones, but I think yeah. that might have been contemporaneous with the Batmite comic character. I'm, I'm hazy. I'm, I'm, hold on. I'm curious when the Great Gazoo came out. but, right. um, but Yeah, I'll also look up mister Mixie Mixi-Spitlick. Uh, the Great Gazoo. Uh,
1: the, if you're a known friend, we're talking mm-hmm. about in the Flintstones. Uh, the Flintstones started off as a parody of the Honeymooners, but it was set... Uh, during caveman days. So all of the typical everyday suburban sitcom shenanigans would be happening, but the gag is, ha-ha, they're all cavemen, and they've got a little miniature woolly mammoth instead of a vacuum. Haha. <laughs> uh, ha Towards the end of uh, The Flintstones, uh, he, and this actually only premiered in uh, 1965, uh, they introduced a character named The Great Gazoo, and the idea is we're going to take this Honeymooners series... And we're going to add a new character, an alien that only Fred Flintstone can see, who has godlike powers and can grant him wishes. Why? We ran out of story ideas, that's why. The other thing it's worth noting is that in the 1960s, and we've talked about this before when we reviewed shows like My Mother the Car, mm. um, there was a weird wave of fantastical sitcoms. Uh, we kind of take them for granted now, but if you really look at it in a vacuum, it's weird that we had so many all in a glut. We had things like, uh, oh, Mr. Ed, you know, mm. a suburbanite with a talking horse. No, Having would... a horse in and of itself is weird, <laughs> but he's talking. Mm. We had My Favorite Martian, where guys are uh, roommates with a Martian. We had I, I, I Dream, I dream of Jeannie, Genie, where yeah. you living with literal a genie.
0: Ma- also bewitched, literal magic. Yeah,
1: married to a witch. Exactly. There's always like the suburban uh, world in which we live. Is recognizable and normalized and kind of constrictive and conservative. So
0: but if you actually go outsiders inside, outsiders living yeah. living under,
1: but if you hiding exactly in there, yeah. if you go inside literally anyone's house in this ultra conservative, everyone looks and acts the same suburb. But you'd find out that everyone's life was chaotic and strange, and that they're all hiding. Something fantastical. And I've always had this dream of, like, pitching, like, a a television series about, like, one street in, like, the 1960s where literally every house has something magical and nobody's telling anyone anything. It's like Desperate Housewives, but they all
0: have, like, a magical secret of some kind. Exactly. I
1: think it was a really... But they're all different secrets and nobody talks about it. (laughs) That'd be great. Uh, So anyway, so this was basically... The Great Gazoo was basically taking... Okay, so we were doing the 1950s Honeymooners sitcom with the Flintstones. Now we're going to do kind of a 1960s magical sitcom Hmm. with it. Um, These kinds of magical characters just becoming a nuisance to heroes became kind of a weirdly normal thing in television as well, and we started having a lot more TV shows, animated shows for kids even, uh, where everything's normal except for one magical thing. Hmm. See uh, Scooby-Doo. Everything's normal, but we have this talking dog.
0: Yeah.
1: What? Everything's normal except we have a Jabberjaw. jaw.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, if Everything's look,
1: normal except we have a look, Funky Phantom. That's the name of the thing.
0: The funky fu- Phantom. Funky Phantom. I, I look, thought it was the groovy ghost. It was Funky Phantom. Uh, look up the premise for the series Jabberjaw, though. Nothing's normal, it's like this post-apocalyptic Undersea world And they have a Jabberjaw
1: But eventually some of these characters went from being Kind of fun to super annoying Which brings us to Scrappy-Doo, which is Scooby-Doo has been going on for so long We need to inject something new to keep the premise Fresh, Mm. so they gave Scooby-Doo Like a nephew And he's a little little dog Like a puppy Mm.
0: Uh, And he's constantly trying to get into fights And he he wants... He looks just like Scooby, but like... Shrunken down. Yeah, like a a, a miniaturized version with
1: Scooby's head. But he always wants to get into fights. He always wants to do things for himself. Mm. And he always gets all the other characters into trouble. And that's exactly what Batmite is. He Uh wants to help. He wants Mm. to be involved. And even though he has godlike powers, he never actually does anything useful. Because when kids see a superhero story, what they really want is to have a surrogate version of themselves... In the story that the superheroes Hate and don't want to hang out with (laughs) That was their thinking Here
0: Batman and Robin Actively hate Batmite That's it's actually like The story in a couple episodes like how Badly Batmite screws things up. This is a
1: kid show and every once in a while Batman talks about wanting to kill this Interdimensional child Mm. Like but the premise of every episode is He's annoying and they don't want him around
0: This is uh Batmite is not A surrogate for the kids watching Batman is the surrogate for the kids watching. Well, that's how the kids, kids are looking The at kids want to project themselves into Batman and Robin. Agreed.
1: I think those the showrunners kid, think those that kids, they want to project themselves into no, Batman.
0: No, I think the showrunners understand that a lot of those kids watching are maybe eight, nine years old and have three-year-olds, younger siblings. Who are okay. constantly interloping on their uh, their play, mm-hmm. their more serious play. Okay, I can see. So that. So I think that's sort of the the uh, relationship they're going for, having like this mm-hmm. younger person in your house. That mm-hmm. uh, and this is something that people with younger siblings have talked about. When they're born, they get as a baby, they get the more attention. Yeah, you kind of get jealous of your your uh, your sibling sometimes. Sure, I get it. Uh, it's not universal. It's just I was the younger child, about, so I
1: don't, I don't have yeah, that I, personal I, I, experience. I also but there was the Yeah, child, but I, I get um, it. That, that
0: tracks. Uh, so it's this idea that the the baby of the house mm-hmm. is has more power than you, and they have they're mm-hmm. getting a lot more attention, and they're trying to help out, but they're messing you up your game.
1: Okay, I'm going to say two things to that. Mm-hmm. One, I'll say three things. One, uh, that makes sense. I mm-hmm. see that if that's if that's the logic it, where and if it came the younger, from,
0: and if the younger sibling is watching it they can now imagine that they all, in turn, have a younger sibling. Well,
1: mm, here's my point with that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: One, I see your point, and if that's the logic, I actually, usually when I hear about behind-the-scenes stuff like that, the idea is the network or someone wanted there to be a surrogate kid in the story. Mm -hmm. Like uh, the junior Ghostbusters and the Ghostbusters. That was the idea. They'd be kid mm -hmm. surrogates. Um, But let's, let's, let's throw that out there for a second. So let's say you are an older sibling, who wants to watch the new adventures of Batman and you're annoyed by your younger uh, sibling Hmm. uh, who is always trying to play with you and always messes things up. Uh, Do you really want that character messing up your Batman show as well? Because I don't think you do. I don't think like, Oh, finally I get to watch this Batman show and be free of me. No, they're in the show too. (laughs) And then you are a younger sibling and you see in the show. Oh, cool. I'm in the show. Well, I hope I'm respected. Oh! Everyone hates me! Okay, great. I don't think these things were well thought out. I think a lot of these shows were made by adults... With the idea of selling them to kids, but not necessarily thinking about what kids would actually want well, out some of the time.
0: What I think is, well, and something else I think is happening is uh, the adults probably aren't thinking that much about the audience. Exactly my um, point. Exactly my point. I, I think what they're doing is using a lot of uh, fantastical style sitcom humor uh, just mm. because that's the way TV shows are written. Right. A lot of uh, people are just sort of writing uh, in the way that is working for TV trends at the time. I think that's most TV writers in general. They're kind of writing to the trend or writing to uh, the the premise. I mean, uh, that's a lot of shows. Yeah. I, th- I think there's just so many shows now that there's a lot that's br- that are breaking the mold. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of things. Well, are there's great, always uh, we've been moved shows into that, like long form. Uh, there's
1: always been shows that miraculously were able to get made and broke the mold, mm-hmm. but and every once in a while they break out and completely change the paradigm. Mm-hmm. But usually they're canceled th- too soon, and we cover yeah, them on the show
0: exactly. <laughs> and I, I think if you're looking for shows that break the molds, like looking at the present day, there's actually a lot more than there used to be, just because there's yeah. more shows now. Uh, so yeah, I think this is like, just like a bunch of guys with like slicked down hair in overstart shirts, uh, and Mm. like a smoking cigarettes, definitely smoking, smoking unfiltered cigarettes, one cigarette behind each ear, two in their mouths, you know, leaning over somebody like on, on a cell just saying, no, it's the wrong shade of green. And, uh, and you can smell that blue hygienic, uh, comb fluid that from the (laughs) barbershop just wafting off of them. Yeah. And, uh, These guys are just concerned about putting out the show, and they're not really giving a lot of thought to the writing.
1: Well, again, that's a lot of kids' entertainment for a long time. It Mm. was there to—initially, kids' entertainment existed only to teach kids lessons adults thought they needed to know. Mm. Uh, But as we started making stories for kids, the stories that were actually for children to enjoy, that were done with care, tend to be the ones we remember.
0: Winnie the Pooh, Peter Pan, yeah, Wizard of n- Oz, that kind of Chronicles
1: of Narnia, that kind of thing. But like the stuff that we don't remember very well we're tended to just be stuff people threw out there because kids will watch anything. And the idea that kids will watch anything is unfortunately still un- unnecessarily pervasive. But in any case, so we've got Adam West and Burt Ward back. Sadly, none of the uh, classy guest stars are back, which sucks, uh, to fight a villain of the week. And every single time they're working with... Or trying not to murder Batmite. And that's every episode. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about the episodes. Let's talk about this real fast. We're going to go with the order. There's there's some debate about the order. Uh, but we're going to go with the order that are available on the DVD. This has been properly released on DVD. Uh, and um, yeah, the first episode on the DVD is called The Pest. Uh, which introduces us to Batmite. Batman and Robin have known him before. But this is kind of our audience introduction to him, uh, and um, yeah, also the Joker uh, has decided to do a scheme uh, involving oil. Mm. He, uh, <laughs> he does, oh, that's a, here's the deal. Mm. He's going to steal a car that has been designed to run on water instead of oil. That's right that's the idea, but the I mean, yeah. I, but the problem is the car actually doesn't work, and if you put any salt in the car, it starts turning all the water around it into an explosive, which is a mm. bit of a design flaw uh,
0: you would think so well, and i I know that was a a concern with uh, mm. cars that ran on water because it was actually like burning the hydrogen in the water, and you could theoretically that, like, could theoretically be turn yeah. that into a bomb yeah uh, and they made that engine. They made a car that can run on water. I had one. I had a toy. You put water in it, and it buzzes.
1: Well, and then we ended Uh, up using this premise. uh, Christopher Nolan must have been a fan of this episode, mm -hmm. because at the end of Batman Begins, there's that bomb that turns, that explodes water. That's right. Like, it immediately, like, evaporates all the water around it, which you would think would evaporate the water in your body.
0: You would think would evaporate, like, literally all the water around everywhere. I think it's something, like, they put it in the water supply, so it was only, like...
1: Well, they kind of the,
0: operating the the like the plumbing system well what happened is they put a chemical they put fear gas in the water supply oh this would right, only be activated it, it would only yeah. be
1: activated if it was steam and the whole idea was yes and then we're gonna use this bomb then I'm like yeah but wouldn't every time someone made a cup of tea they'd go like violently mad mm. every single day throughout you know people boil water constantly college students are eating ramen noodles and nothing's <laughs> happening so either your fear <laughs> toxins wrong or we just have a bit of a plot hole here
0: or or people just like that now it's like oh <laughs> ah, s-
1: that's the stuff i'm so gonna I'm gonna have, I'm have
0: some tea i'm going to watch a studio ghibli film and freak the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to go out tonight no man i'm having fear ramen <laughs> It'd be awesome okay where's that batman movie all right
1: um Basically, yeah, the, uh, there's a bit where Batman saves Batmite and ba- and Batmite says, Batman, you saved my life! And Batman says, we all have our weak moments. He wanted Batmite to die. That's our hero, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they were also introduced to something in this episode that will literally never be important again, uh, which is that steel is the one thing Batmite can't do anything with. Like, it's his weakness. That's it's right. like his kryptonite. Yeah. So, like, Batmite could, like... Break through a wall if you really wanted to Unless it's made out of steel Like oh shit He's like an earthbender in Avatar The Last Airbender Uh, And uh, you would think this would be important later never brought up again, even when there's an evil Batmite, and it would so be like, really useful.
0: Superman has powers because of Earth's sun, right? He gets his powers from, like, our particular radiation. Yeah, the solar radiation, yeah. Um, has that been flipped in Superman comics, where they bring an Earthling to another planet and they get superpowers? I'm not sure
1: specifically, but it's definitely they definitely played with it.
0: I'm, I'm, surely it's been done. Man. Like,
1: Superman would go to different planets and they have different suns and it would fuck with his powers or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. uh, there is was... Um, Uh, Lex Luthor did something to the sun so that it started killing
0: Superman instead, that kind of thing. There's been... They played with it. I I remember a comic where he was, like, killed and struck by lightning and was nearly dying, but then he, like, Mm. sucked up a jungle. Like, there was Mm. all the sunlight in a forest and it brought him back to life again.
1: Uh, Next episode
0: is called Moon Man. Uh, The Moon Man would have scared me as a kid. You think so? The Moon Man is a little frightening. Um, Okay. First of all, uh, guess what? Big... uh, big obvious broadcasted plot point. Casey Kasem is in this episode. Mm-hmm. He was in a lot of these cartoons. Uh, Casey Kasem, famous DJ. Um, yeah. look up the negative land track where the band negative land, uh, used his, uh, like some outtakes from a Casey Kasem number where he's mm. just like cussing and is frustrated over the, the band name U two Cause he thinks it's a stupid name. Uh, it's really eye-opening because he says a lot of cuss words, and that was my first introduction to the fact that Casey Kasem was a DJ at all. Okay. Because <laughs> like, no,
1: we, we only knew him like, oh, he played some of the Transformers. Like, he yeah, did like a like, lot of voice acting. I was and, used like, to hearing him was
0: there. shaggy on Scooby-Doo. Yeah. So, um, yeah, here he, he quit is.
1: Transformers because there was one episode that was, like, spectacularly racist. Oh, and he, he quit? Was like, he quit. He was like, fuck that, I'm not well, doing Well, good that. for him. Yeah. All right. Yeah, um, Yeah.
0: Casey Kasem, long, long-lived, long long-running uh, radio DJ and cartoon voice artist. Uh, Yeah, he plays a football star. And also there's a mysterious villain. Guess who the mysterious villain's secret identity is going to be? It's pretty easy to guess. The one played by Um, case. It's the the only new character. It's the only new character. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, this like muscular gold featureless creature Mm -hmm. with like glowing angry red eyes uh, can like fire like repellent beams. Like it can move things with its hands. From a distance, I can move things with my hand. Considering (laughs)
1: how like family friendly Uh, this looks, it's it's a pretty like uh, uh, it it looks like a real monster. Like it looks like it's supposed to like be scary. So I can Hmm. appreciate that if you were young, you probably would have been like that's a scary monster.
0: And and they find out that this monster is uh, related to a recent moon mission. Yeah, and that this thing has come from the moon.
1: They've met. Yeah, we we see all of a sudden like Batman and Robin are hanging out. Robin is. uh, Robin is in the process of uh, setting off one of those like homemade rockets mm. in the house. It's a good thing Alfred isn't here to kick the shit out of you. They're bachelors. They don't care. And they've got, speaking of bachelors, they've got themselves a swinging new pal. I think his name is Scott. Hey, <laughs> this guy's Scott. He's the first astronaut to solo to the moon, quote, and back. Which I appreciate, uh, because we sent a, a, g- oh, yeah. a lot of guys there and didn't help them get back. Just thought we'd see if they could figure it out for themselves. a,
0: lot of, a <laughs> lot of moon missions, but there's like a mountain of dead yeah. astronauts <laughs> up there. Um,
1: so yeah, when... Uh, it turns out he's secretly the moon guy, and I mm-hmm. uh, didn't realize that he needed... it. Uh, every episode of The New Adventures of Batman ends with a bat moment.
0: Oh, the bat moment. Um... This was, this was law. Yeah. Uh, cartoons had to do this. Uh, there was a concern. I, I don't know exactly the timeline of this, but there was a concern that a lot of children's entertainment... Mm-hmm. Uh, and had this, no educational value. Yeah, exactly. And, in fact, was teaching kids bad lessons. Look up the book, Seduction of the Innocent. We've brought it up a couple times, yeah. uh, written by this horrendous conservative piece of shit who wanted to censor everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this idea that uh, kids' cartoons were kind of damaging kids. they weren't teaching mm. them anything. It was just mindless entertainment uh, so laws were passed at some point where uh TV shows needed to be a certain percentage educational content. Mm. Like, it couldn't be just entertainment. And a lot of the shows got around that, rather than working it into the story in any yeah, kind of way. Or, like,
1: making, actually, educational
0: programs, or, yeah, or making educational shows. They would have their uh, silly adventure show, and then they would have a little epilogue.
1: Like, 30 to 60 seconds tops.
0: Where, uh the characters would turn to the camera and say, uh, remember kids, don't jump your bike over fallen power lines. Yeah.
1: Uh, G.I. Joe was the most famous at this mm. because they would always have like a tagline at the end. Mm. And now we know, and knowing is half the battle. Mm. But all- He-Man did this, and indeed Batman does this, and it always feels really tacked on. It's like They clearly
0: didn't think of what the yeah. lesson was going to be until after they had completed yeah. the episode. Yeah.
1: Boy, Scott really had some trouble being a moon man.
0: He sure did, Badmite. He should He's be more, yeah, he should communicate
1: more about his problem. If he had talked to his friends, maybe we wouldn't have gotten into this. And then halfway through the series, they give up. And every episode ends with... And and the Bat Computer says it. And I love that the Bat Computer has a screen in the shape of a bat. It's Like this this uh. forgotten... Uh, uh, like digital format. <laughs> it's like my, I
0: prefer my movies in anamorphic. I prefer yeah. them in bat. Yeah, when when, when Panavision developed Bat Vision, yeah, know, it, it, they they required all these weird lenses, and projectionists yeah. couldn't really get a hold of it. The so. Bat
1: Computer, by the way, this is the only time I've ever seen in any Batman where the Bat Computer is sentient and
0: has its own personality. The Bat Computer uh, is voiced by Lou Scheimer, who also mm. does does Batmite. Yeah, it's worth mentioning that uh, Lenny Weinrib. Uh, Who uh, plays multiple characters on this show and actually has a very long career as a voice actress, Lenny Weinrib, actor, uh, played Scrappy Doo. That makes sense. So there's a little bit of a crossover there. Anyway,
1: about halfway through this this one season we had of the New Adventures of Batman, uh, they stop coming up with like new lessons, and they just say every single time, pretty much, Batman and are like, "Yep, I guess the Joker learned that crime doesn't pay." Every time. <laughs> they just every time. It's the only lesson we learn is that crime doesn't pay. And I'm like, which I don't know. They, which
0: is why they keep trying. They
1: can well, they can afford like a cat jet. So, I think it pays <laughs> fine.
0: Speaking of the Cat Jet.
1: Yeah, the next episode is called uh,
0: Trouble Identity. I love the Cat Jet. Uh, so, we have Catwoman back, but this is yeah. not any Catwoman we've seen before. No, she's got this weird kind of lion themed costume. It looks right. a little bit like something
1: Catman wore yeah, uh, like in the comics. Yeah. Uh,
0: she looks more like. Um, uh, the Cheetah Woman from Wonder
1: yeah. Woman, or uh, or um, like uh, oh, who's she, the? She's just um, called
0: Cheetah, right? The Cheetah Woman,
1: Cheetah from she's Wonder Woman. Che- yeah. she she looks like um who's the oh, who's the guy who's um the hunter who's catching Spider Man? Craven the hunter, Craven a little bit like Craven. You know, he has like that kind of like that the lion that lion vest, fa- yeah. vest like she's got that going on. And she's, and she's white, but she kinda kit, meow, kind of does the earthic kit kind of thing.
0: That, yeah, that purr thing.
1: Yeah, uh, and so the scheme in this one is there is a mad scientist named Professor Norquist um, who has invented a matter transmuter where you can put anything in this machine and out will come fabric. Fine, Only
0: fabric. Fine fabrics. Different so.
1: silks, mink stoles, and it's going to revolutionize... The, the garment industry, which reminds me very much of... Oh, what was that movie with Alec Guinness? Like, The Man in the White Suit? Oh, I didn't see that one, but yeah. Yeah, uh, The Man in the White Suit uh, is a really wonderful 1951 uh, sci-fi comedy where Alec Guinness plays an inventor who invents a new kind of fabric. And it's not in black and white, and they use this visual effect to make it look like his suit is like ultra bright white. That never needs to be mended, it'll never get dirty, and initially he's able to get this one garment industry, this one garment business, uh, to fund his research, and they're getting really excited, and then just when they're about to announce the release of this new uh, uh, miracle invention, uh, all the other garment industries go by and say, we have to kill this, because people will only need to buy one article of clothing, yeah. They won't have to keep buying clothes all the time, and we will lose money. And so it all becomes about trying to, like, break down any sort of progress uh-huh. uh, in order to keep capitalism alive and, and thriving in, in the old-fashioned way. Uh, great movie. Really fun movie. All right. Uh, but basically, that's it. We're going to re- completely revolutionize the fabric industry. Catwoman wants to steal that, and indeed, she decides to steal it. Well, dressed as Batgirl... Uh, Which is a scheme that has been done many times Mm. Usually It it usually works Because, again, prove that that's not Batgirl Take off the mask
0: I'm really, really surprised there aren't, like, more Stories about superhero imitators Yeah
1: Well, we've seen Mm. that when we were doing Holy Batman Mm. They did that at least every couple of episodes
0: Uh... Well, I mean, we had Alfred posing as Batman, right? So, uh, but that was to protect Mister Freeze identity. hired people to dress say, as Batman. But uh, wasn't that the only one where the, I feel like there were the a few? Villain, like, was trying to frame Batman. There were a few, mm. but
1: it didn't happen as often as you might think. I suppose that's true, but it did I, happen.
0: I know that was a, a plot point in Batman Returns, mm-hmm. Tim Burton's movie, uh, where they tried to make it look like Batman had killed someone, and you know, they no. rigged his uh, Batmobile. Yeah, just get that suit. Get something that looks the same. Yeah. Like, you're talented enough to break into the Batmobile. Surely you have the resources to build a bat suit somehow. At least
1: a reasonable facsimile. Not too many people get to see him up close, you know? Yeah, just
0: build build it, run around, commit crimes, and throw people off. Anyway,
1: Batgirl has to clear her good name, because Commissioner Gordon is like, Oh, Mm. the way you defend Batgirl, you'd think she was your twin sister or something. Yeah. Uh, And uh, Batman and Robin have to stop Catwoman Who has, in addition to her cat jet Which looks like a cat Chases around the bat gyros uh, She also has uh, a bat robot I'm sorry, a cat robot uh, Mm -hmm. That looks like a Five Nights at Freddy's kind of fucking thing (laughs) it's just like... (laughs) Wobbling around, attacking cat, uh, attacking Batgirl. Uh, Meanwhile,
0: clearly, a lot of times passed because these people have evolved. They've got cat robots and planes now. And uh, didn't she used to be just like a cat burglar? Those were the days. And (laughs) then uh, cat planes. And then the other thing she has to fend off besides changed, man. It used to be about the music.
1: (laughs) The other thing she has to fend off besides uh, giant cat robots is uh, Batmite's amorous advances.
0: It's around here that that begins. Like, the first few episodes, Batmite said nothing to Batgirl. She's not in the first episode of Memory Surge. She's not in every single episode. She's in most
1: of them. She's not in every single episode. Uh, But yeah, Batmite, it turns out, has a big crush on Batgirl. And um, constantly, like, kissing her picture when nobody's looking.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, And indeed, indeed, unlike uh, Batman and Robin, Batgirl seems to like Batmite, and indeed, in many episodes, she rewards Batmite for his good deeds with a kiss, which mm. I don't think is healthy to encourage that, but eh, what do I know?
0: Yeah, it, it, it's, it's like a, a crush. It's like a smitten thing. Uh, there's yeah. a repeated animation where he flies in, uh, the in shape a shape of a heart. Shape, heart yeah. And it's, yeah, really cute. Yeah, uh, it's It's kind of gross the way he paws at her yeah. and... Constantly proposes marriage and talks about how hot she is. Yeah, like, like, dude, she's doing the A, she's an assistant district attorney. B, she's
1: just on an even keel with Batman. Mm. C, she's a person. Like, it's, it's, you don't see this with Batman. Mm. You don't see anyone treating Batman as a romantic conquest outside of Catwoman, and then it's seen as wrong. It's something that she's doing that's weird and creepy. You're doing Mm. it weird. But when Batmite does it, it's fine for some reason. Or,
0: or there was that really, really strange animated film where uh, uh, mm. Batgirl and Batman uh, had oh, a, had, a, had a tryst on a rooftop. Oh, so awful! Oh my god! <laughs> it was the Killing Joke. They the did this horrible series.
1: adaptation of The Killing Joke, and The Killing Joke is not that long a story. Mm. So they added this huge, prolonged with Batman and Batgirl getting it on, and then after he did, like, he so saw he just, her differently, and he changed, and it's like... treat her really cold oh, after God, that. God, it's and, so yeah. fucking bad. Like, it's so bad. Anyway, I want to move on. Anyway, they stopped. Okay. Uh moving on. <laughs> uh, a there, sweet... There's, there's not a lot to these stories. No, what's what I'm just going to get through them as fast as we can. A sweet joke on Gotham City introduces a new Batman villain named Sweet Tooth, who is a big fat guy who loves candy, and he sounds a lot like Charles Nelson Reilly.
0: A, a little bit like Charles yeah. Nelson Reilly. And, yeah. and his army is uh, a bunch of fat kids in green sweaters yeah, like rag-a-muffins. Who, are, who are missing their teeth
1: Yeah, because they're the, all, all,
0: the, the only thing they eat is candy. Yeah. And, and his uh, evil
1: plan is to turn the water supply in Gotham into chocolate, hmm. and Batman and Robin have to stop that because those kids are going to rot their teeth. Meanwhile, all the kids at home are like, I'm on Sweet Tooth's side? <laughs> That
0: sounds boss. Let's well, do that. Uh, if you if you listen to the bat computer though, you know that eating too much candy is bad for your interactivity. Who listens teeth. to the bat computer?
1: Fuck that thing. But ba- Batman is on chocolate. your side, kids. It's free chocolate. You know. Mm, all right, fine. And probably good chocolate. They're enjoying it. You don't see him going. Ugh, dark mm. chocolate, like it's your, a, here's, like kids don't have no, like a taste uh, for that
0: yet. Like you know, like they're they're not mm. mad at it. They love that. Sweet Tooth and the kids are, of course, walking fat jokes, and uh, yeah, their great. their size is made fun of, and he's animated in this really gross way. Uh, but I'll say this: Sweet Tooth, a lot of agency. He yeah. he has just as much confidence
1: as any of the other villains. Yes, he does, and I appreciate that. He's he loves the way he looks, he's proud and uh, of the way he and looks. in
0: fact, uh, the the requisite to be part of his team is you also have to eat a bunch of candy. Yeah. So he's going to make sure that like your your teeth are rotting out. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Or like well, there's, one of them the there's pulls there's, out a tooth. It's like, oh no, I lost another one. It's like I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Well,
1: there's a there's a subplot where Robin, I guess, still looks young enough that mm. Dick Grayson can infiltrate the
0: the the gang of ragamuffins. Yeah. He wears uh like black blacks out his teeth. And yeah. puts and, on a fat
1: suit. And what gives the game away is that his teeth look too good. And Sweet Tooth's like, oh wait, I know you. Mm. You're you're that Dick Grayson kid. You're the ward of millionaire Bruce Wayne. You must be working for Commissioner Gordon. And I'm like. Okay, explain your logic there, because is that a thing he does? Does he work for Commissioner Gordon? Is he a cop? You just assume that because the live-in ward of a billionaire has infiltrated your gang that he must be working for someone he doesn't work for. What? Hmm. I don't understand anything you're doing right now, Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth, talk to me. Let's wrap. Um that's weird. I like to think that Sweet Tooth mm. emerged not from the Batman universe proper, but from uh the Hostess Fruit Pie extended universe.
0: <laughs> okay, now you have to you have a lot to explain. Okay, so
1: in the 1970s to the 1980s, I, I don't know the exact like timeline here, a lot of old comics. Uh you would the, the, be reading comics. This was with, magical by the way. This was great. You'd be reading a comic and then all of a sudden there'd be a comic page with the hero from a comic you're not reading, a standalone mm. one page comic, and like you're reading Captain America fighting vampire Nazis, and then all of a sudden here's one page about Dr. Octopus stealing something and Spider-Man stopping him. And they're like, uh, okay, this is a big shift and the art style is different, but okay, let's read this. This is clearly not an advertisement, this is a comic. And you read it, and Dr. Octopus is like, ah, yes. I have found a way to turn all of the water in the world into octopuses. This is bad. And Spider-Man's like, I know how to stop you. Nothing can prevent you from taking a break from your evil-doing ways and enjoying this Hostess fruit pie.
0: <coughs> oh yeah, or, or cupcake, or Twinkie, yeah. or other Hostess product. But like, uh, the idea
1: is you will your these Hostess uh, cupcakes or fruit pies or whatever.
0: I, in my experience, they were usually fruit pies, but it could be anything. Mm-hmm. Um what a fruit pie, by the way, it's it's this like crusty uh pastry shell filled with this gelatinous glop that they milked out of beetles. You, you can still get awful. them from McDonald's. Like that's yeah. still
1: it's like what they have uh, at McDonald's. If, if uh, you
0: if you like bear claws but you want them to be three times the price and really shitty, go go ahead and buy yourself exactly. a, a hostess fruit pie. Uh
1: but the idea is hostess uh products were so irresistible that you could fight crime with them.
0: Yeah, you throw them in front of Doctor Octopus and yeah. that's it. He's done.
1: Uh so I assume Sweet Tooth came from that reality, because eventually they distracted him with his favorite cookies. Mm. Um, the Hostess Fruit Pie universe, it turns out, is part of the Marvel multiverse. There was a storyline that inspired Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, where uh, this one villain was mm. killing Spider-Man from like every different multiverse, and he ran into the Hostess Fruit Pie Spider-Man, and he <laughs> he threw out the Hostess Fruit Pies, mm. and the guy resisted them. And Spider-Man was like, wait! No, you're the supposed to be always tasting works. them!
0: <laughs> and then he just
1: kills that Spider-Man. Um, absolutely beautiful work of genius, making that canon, by the way. Um, anyway, so that's Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth is stopped uh, because, because he likes pies, cookies. Yeah. Next up, uh, we have the Bermuda Rectangle.
0: And Professor Bubbles!
1: Yeah, we have new, uh, what, new what a, underwater what th- villains. What a
0: threatening villain named Professor Bubbles. He's
1: a professor, he lives underwater in what looks like Sea Lab. Uh, and uh, here's the thing Even when he is in air hmm. He talks like this he's, Well, the, hey, Put, yeah. put,
0: uh, oh, put sorry. your finger in between your yeah, lips yeah. And talk that way I am Professor man is caught I mean And, and uh, he uh, he's, he, A lot of these uh, characters Have like sniveling sidekick characters Yep uh, and he is a sniveling sidekick. Uh, his plan was pretty elaborate, if I recall. He had a,
1: he had a shark that was trained that he kept inside of a submarine. Like it lived in the right, submarine. Right, right. And the submarine would open a hatch, and the shark would go out and it would do evil things. Uh, the only note I have from this episode, other than the stupid um, sound effect, other than the shark living inside, it was I guess I wrote down crab robot. Uh, was that there's a plot point in this? Where uh, Batman and Robin have to signal to Commissioner Gordon mm-hmm. Surreptitiously, without anyone knowing And they use the word Worthington At which point, Commissioner Gordon says Only Batman and Robin know my middle name is Worthington Really? <laughs> Only Batman and... It's not on your driver's license? Barbara Gordon doesn't know that shit?
0: Maybe he legally changed it <laughs> Maybe, Why? Changed it to Mycroft or something. I don't know. <laughs> What's wrong with Worthy It's fine. Anyway, do you remember anything else in this episode? Oh, I remember a, a big deal was that he had sort of a, like a, um, uh, it's like a cyclone machine or he could make mm. whirlpools. That was a big part. It was like really messing with the weather. Mm. He had pretty substantial powers. The the shark was not as impressive when compared to sort of the other things he could do. Fair enough. Uh, The next episode is called
1: Bite-Sized, which includes a new alien villain named Electro, no relation to the Spider-Man villain. Uh, And his whole thing is he shrinks Batman and Robin and forces them to help him commit crimes using a, a brain manipulator ray that he also has
0: you'd think the brain manipulator ray would be enough you would think i think aren't aren't they one in the same like they, he shrinks you and also you're brainwashed
1: i think the brainwashing wears off before the shrinking does okay the other thing that i had written down about this episode is i wrote one quote which is he puts batman and robin inside a jar because they've just mm.
0: performed a big heist uh and uh and this is one of two episodes where batman and robin will be brainwashed into being super villains yes
1: electro puts them in a jar Tightens the lid on the jar And says They should rename you The Dynamic Pickles And I thought that was kind of funny Why is that funny? Because it's not funny It's like yeah. not even a, It's not a pun There's no pun there There's no pun there It's just This is kind of like Pickles you, you like I know that. what I'll say I'll tell them that the Dynamic Pickles Because they're the Dynamic Duo But now they're like Pickles it's like something Mr. <laughs>
0: Furious would say Yeah People like, who live in glass houses shouldn't Because this is what happens
1: It's pretty bad. Um, Electro does bad things and uh, the computer, the back computer, uh, at one point tells Batman and Robin to give my regards to Electro. So I presume that they're friends. Next up, uh, we have Reading, Writing, and Wronging, uh, which is a Penguin episode.
0: Uh, and uh, this this is a, a reminiscent of an episode of the original series where yeah. Catwoman opened her own school for larceny, and indeed, uh, so
1: did uh, Fog in the uh, British. Oh, that's right. Episode. yeah the, uh, idea is that
0: the those British schoolgirls who are learning to be criminals.
1: Yeah. So the idea is, uh, villains have decided that you know they you know masterclass is so popular right now. You can learn writing from Neil Gaiman or whatever, or directing from Ron Howard. Uh, well, Batman villains came up with that first. So, like, oh, you want to be a criminal? Learn from the penguin. Penguin's been doing this for years. He only gets thrown in jail every day, so
0: kind of knows, yeah,
1: yeah. He knows. um, He doesn't know how not to get caught. So I guess uh, maybe take an extension course for that bit. But like other than that, you want to learn theming. (laughs) By God, the penguin Uh, will help you out with that.
0: I'll say this: I like the voice of penguin in this episode and this show. He. I feel like he's the only one trying to do, like, that particular character. Mm. The actor who's playing the Joker is... Uh, I don't know what he's doing. He sounds like, uh, uh, what's-his-face from Body Snatchers? Um, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy. I guess a little. Like a little yeah. bit? and uh, but then Like he, the
1: bad guy from UHF? Yeah, that yeah. same actor. No, I'm uh, saying, I'm, I'm, if you were having trouble picturing it, like, hey, imagine uh, the bad uh, guy from UHF, uh, he was the Joker. How
0: are you doing bad Batman? <laughs> and then he did do, like... A, like it sounded like a different actor was doing the laugh.
1: Yeah, but then they would repeat the laugh <laughs> over
0: and over. It. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a little bit grating.
1: It's exceptionally grating. <laughs> they laugh repeats constantly. Mm-hmm. They don't. They recorded one laugh and they just kept using mm-hmm. it over and over again. So, it's like in The Simpsons where you found out that someone was the Roadrunner and you're like, oh, oh, prove it. Meep. Oh, mean meep meep. Nope. They only paid me for one and then they <laughs> looped it. <laughs> Cheap <laughs> bastards.
0: Go, go. Good little inside baseball joke. Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, Penguin has a school for crime. Uh, we find out that Dick Grayson cuts Bruce Wayne's hair. You you can afford it, dude. They're bachelors. They don't know any better. No, but I'm sorry. You have, you have, you have how much money? Inject it back into the economy.
0: Go to a fucking salon. Go to a barber. Anyone. Uh, all we know is that Batman is proof positive that trickle to economics don't work. Yes, that's true, isn't it? Um...
1: We also, uh, someone, one of uh, Penguin's uh, students, has the brilliant idea, uh, for the billionth time, uh, to steal Batman's utility belt. Hmm. And uh, there's a bit where they throw bolos out of the utility belt. And someone says, well, we sure know he's not from Texas. And I thought to myself, what? They teach that in Texas. They teach Batman, Bolo. Mm-hmm. And anyway, the next episode's called The Chameleon. Uh, and uh, here's an episode where we have a shape-shifting villain who can turn into anything. You know, like Clayface. But instead of this being a situation where they don't have the rights to Clayface so they make someone similar, later on we'll have Clayface. Uh, so The Chameleon offers the various crime lords of Gotham well, the, the, to uh, to kill Batman for them, much like the Joker would in The Dark Knight.
0: The chameleon is, uh, like, it's really, another character I think would have disturbed me as a child. Because nah. he's kind of like this lanky contortionist character that can stretch great distances. He can turn yeah. into like, giraffes and ladders and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, like, his body contorts as he transforms. Yeah. We'll learn at the end of the episode that he's not a human.
1: Right. Um. Like he's actually like a robot, and he was yeah. being controlled by a mad scientist. Uh, I don't think we needed any of that shit. No, that that's, doesn't go anywhere. Uh, but um, yeah, so he's he's hired by these criminals to take down Batman, and he fights Batman um,
0: by turning into lanky things
1: several times.
0: Anyway, let's get to Clayface.
1: Yeah, hold on. Let me make sure there's no. Oh, I'll run real fast. The uh, mad scientist who created him uh, is Doctor Devious who Batman previously arrested for inventing an automatic lockpicker. Now, I'm going to say something like this right now. Inventing that shit is not a crime. And indeed, if you were a locksmith, mm-hmm. that would be a very useful item to have. Wouldn't it? Legally. Maybe you have to have a license to have it or something. But, yeah, I'd be pissed too. I'd be trying to take Batman down as well. If he arrested me for coming up with a very useful gadget that Batman just thought maybe could be used for crime. Mm. Fuck off. Anyway, next up. Uh, Actually, next up is a Joker episode called He Who Laughs Last. Uh, Here, the Joker escapes jail with his Joker plane, uh, which is actually a helicopter, but they call it a plane. Also, Batman invents helium paint, which when you paint it on something, makes it lighter than air. And then Batman Mm -hmm. surfs on it. And that that goes bad.
0: I remember the the helium paint.
1: Yeah. Uh...
0: I just Batman watched the show It's like uh, These are all Blended together In this big chewy uh, Joker mask.
1: has this weird Stupid elaborate plan here And it basically involves Sending Batman and Robin To do one silly thing After another There's a point where uh, They think the clues Are leading them To a performance Of an opera The opera is Pagliacci And there's an amazing Line read from Adam West here where he says, it's the story of a clown. No wonder the Joker likes it.
0: <laughs> like it only
1: just occurred to him.
0: It was this episode where I think the, the Joker left a clue painted on the side of an elephant.
1: Yes, and hold on. I have that. I took screen caps of that. Because that's <laughs> that's the most... And it, The brilliant thing isn't the screen caps, although that's great. The brilliant thing is the way that Adam West, God bless him...
0: Re- reads reads it aloud. Elements. Yeah, he reads, reads it aloud. Has hang on. to read
1: the clue. I gotta find it. Hang on, it's down. It's down here somewhere. Bah, 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 bah. Why do I tweet so much? Here we go. All right. So he there's a big there's an elephant at a carnival and there's a big sign like a sandwich board on the side of it. Like an elephant, I never forget. So watch out, Batman. I'll get you yet. Continued on next elephant. Pa- camera pans over to another elephant With another sandwich board on it When you figure out what I intend You'll spend your time in search of a friend Continued on next elephant Is legitimately the funniest thing I've ever seen the Joker do He's a clown He's never funny When was the last time you actually laughed out loud Because the, t- the Joker did a funny joke I, I think, not something uh, shocking,
0: oh my god uh, yeah, was, But like, actually like eh, It's actually a good one The, the Joker has <laughs> always been sort of an ironic villain He jokes yeah. around, but he doesn't want to make you laugh He wants to kill you Yeah,
1: like, I'm just saying, it's it's weird that this
0: He actually made me laugh I laughed!
1: I actually uh,
0: laughed at a joke In this series, which is A lot <laughs> to say from this series <laughs> it, It's Yeah, you'll watch this one pretty stone-faced It's not really exciting, it's not no. ter- terribly creative The animation is really stiff um, I'll say this I laughed in uh, The Tim Burton film When uh, the Joker Left Kim Basinger a, a box of flowers Oh yeah But uh, he left it Like spring loaded So when she yeah. opens The box A mannequin's hand Holding the flowers Punches up into the sky Yeah And uh, there's some Classical music playing In the background And it made Kim Basinger faint Yeah It was yeah. too surprising
1: I guess that was kind of funny That, was, that one made me It laugh wasn't so much bit. funny as, as it was like The delivery of the joke Yeah But yeah, I guess that's fair all right, next up, uh, we have a Mr. Freeze episode uh, called The Deep Freeze. And they have re-conceived they re, uh, they've Mr. Freeze here a little bit. He now has a sidekick named Professor Frost. And what I appreciate here is I, I can picture the uh, the mindset on how we change Mr. Freeze here because he still needs it to be really f- freezing for him to survive. Oh. And he's still a bad guy who wants to commit crimes. And in this one, he wants to steal uh, a brand new high-tech submarine so that he can steal things and then hide in Antarctica. But he's got a scientist named Professor Frost who actually builds all his gadgets. And I'm picturing in the writer's room, here's the problem with Mr. Freeze. He's got all this sci-fi stuff, but he didn't go to school. He's still Mr. Freeze.
0: He's not Dr. Freeze. He's
1: not Dr. Freeze, not Professor Freeze. So we need to pair him up with someone who actually will do the mad scientist stuff because otherwise we'd have to call him like Dr. Freeze or Professor Freeze Mm -hmm. and we don't have the rights to that. So they give him Professor Freeze who is... Intimidated by Mr. Freeze's uh, various mean spirited shenanigans uh, and uh, fantasizes about living in warmer climes.
0: Mm. And um, it's a good uh, spin on the usual sniveling sidekick dynamic.
1: Yeah, there's actually like a reason for them to be together. Um, I'm not saying it's brilliant, but I get it well, and they, it kind of makes sense and good for them.
0: I, I remember you and I had a discussion once yeah. a while back uh, about, about the TV show Dino Saucers. Oh, uh, how. Yes. Uh, Genghis Rex, the villain on that TV show. Uh, I'm not going to go into dinosaurs here. Look at all Yeah, it's Imagine uh,
1: Transformers, but instead of robots that transformed into things, they were humanoid e- dinosaurs. E-
0: extraterrestrial intelligent dinosaurs. It was a
1: fun show if you were a kid. Uh,
0: the evil Genghis Rex has a little sniveling sidekick. Enklo. Enklo is, is the character's name. The dinosaurs are mm-hmm.
1: leaving, Bossosaur! Yeah,
0: right. And this was a common trope Throughout a lot of uh, yeah. Action adventure shows For kids Bad where guys they, with Sniveling sidekicks And I think the idea was The bad guy uh, Might be charismatic But he's only going To attract dumb people A uh, smart person Wouldn't follow the villain
1: Well I imagine also. Well, A smart person Wouldn't follow the villain Also the bad guy Doesn't want uh, Intelligent go-getters Who could steal their glory mm. Which is one of the reasons Why Megatron Had so much problem With Starscream mm. Which is why Starscream is the Greatest character In all of Saturday cartoon
0: Practically Shakespearean It's um, the
1: Yaga of robots. <laughs> that was Starscream. But I it was also Starscream. like a really
0: pathetic character. Well, too. so was Iago, if you think about it. I, I, I guess so. He didn't have the, the same kind of Gravitas. Uh, pa- pathos as, as uh, Starscream. I guess, it,
1: I guess it depends on how you play Iago it's or that Starscream. Le- that
0: level of greatness, Starscream. <laughs> uh, and uh, so the idea that, yeah, supervillains can only have sniveling sidekicks people yeah. bend to their will yeah. won't question their authority and otis are,
1: from superman the movie yeah and, and, yeah and are
0: kind of like dumb enough to go along with a supervillain's plan never say hey wait a minute this is a bad idea
1: yeah
0: uh dr F- or dr frost has agency mm-hmm. dr frost has know-how he should be the supervillain, but he's actually a more moral character than that mm-hmm. and we don't know uh, not
1: significantly so he does no. go along with it but he's
0: He's, uh, but definitely I, I like not. To, he's definitely not as evil. I like to think this is a well. This is all I can get right now. Scenario like he mm. can't find a job. He's like applied well, for all the all these uh, positions at other like real you know, labs and. Uh, well, my like, theory,
1: cold studying places. My theory, and it doesn't apply to everybody, but it could apply here. Uh, and this is something I've had about uh, my my. I was always very confused, even as a kid, watching Superman the movie, which is a movie a lot of people love and i love it there's a lot of things i love in it i don't actually i don't actually think it's the best film overall but there are big chunks of it that are amazing one thing i hate in it is otis because he's got john williams wrote a fat guy theme so he could waddle down the street and you'd know he's fat like really pissing me off as a fat kid like not happy with it um and i never understood why lex luthor would want Otis around. Not it's one thing to say he's not like interested in upward mobility or whatever, but he's incompetent. Hmm. He can't do anything right. Why do you have him? Surely you can find better than Otis. I mean, again, I, I realize you're not looking for someone as smart as you, well, but you can do better than Otis. And we've,
0: so we've theorized that they were lovers in college.
1: Well, I, lovers maybe, but my theory is at the very least roommates. Like they were assigned right. together in the dorm. First year, hmm. alright, and Lex Luthor was this mean, shitty kid, he had a lot of potential, but nobody liked him, and the only person who would actually spend any time with him was Otis, and initially he hated Otis, of course he did. But Otis, Otis he Otis, saw Otis, Otis as beneath him, but like, when, Lex, Luthor, stand by him, but like, like, when Lex Luthor's like, father unexpectedly died and everyone else was really mean to him, Otis was the only one who would like, stay up all night and watch Doctor Who reruns, like, with <laughs> Lex Luthor, and so Lex Luthor may not respect Otis, but he can't quite bring himself to get rid of Otis. Like, Otis is, like, part of the... Otis is begrudgingly family. You know? Ot- oh. Otis is the Fredo.
0: <laughs> you know?
1: Like, I can't I can't kill you until Mom dies, Otis. So, stick around. Um, but anyway, but at least Professor... Bubble? What? Professor Frost has a reason to be here. I also love... Uh, Mr. Freeze's commitment to his bit. There's a part where I forget if it's Robin or Batgirl like breaks into his ice palace or whatever. And he said, I wrote this I had to write down this line. Care for a snow cone? We have chili cherry and groovy grape. And I appreciated that he thought of two flavors. He didn't didn't have to go that far with the bit. I (laughs) I like to think that he just kept vamping and they're just like, oh my god, I hate it when they vamp. Um... Anyway, uh, moving on Uh, The next episode is Dead Ringers Uh, With the chameleon No, it's not the chameleon It's
0: Clayface
1: Yeah, Clayface has decided to A, he's going to impersonate Batman But he can't impersonate two people at once So Hmm. he enlists the aid of another acrobat Who looks a lot like Robin Yes To be a criminal Robin and he's going to... They're going to go on discredit a crime spree. Discredit Batman by going, they're going on a crime spree. They're going to discredit Batman and Robin. They're going to go on a crime spree. And what's weird is that Batman and Robin eventually... Like, it was actually kind of like a neat bit where they remember, oh yeah, Robin used to be an acrobat. Isn't that kind of like a big deal? So Robin has an acrobat fight with an acrobat. And I'm watching him like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I haven't seen him do that. That's fun. Um, <clears throat> but then they eventually catch the, the fake Robin and...
0: Uh, Grill him and get to know that it's Clayface Well the
1: other thing that they do And I was very very confused here Because like Clayface gets Batman into a car accident And then when Robin shows up minutes later He sees Batman in the Batmobile Unconscious and he wakes him up And it turns out that Batman has amnesia And I'm immediately thinking Okay I, I see what we did here Clayface has replaced Batman And he's pretending to have amnesia As an excuse not to know who he is So that Robin will take him back to the Batcave And he can find out a secret identity And destroy all of Batman's plans Okay, I get it, that makes sense So Robin takes Batman back to the Batcave Mm -hmm. And then it turns out Batman actually does have amnesia And Clayface just pretended to be the grill On the front of the Batmobile And I was like, come on, he was right there It was a good plan (laughs) Also the Batcomputer knows how to cure amnesia It just takes him a while
0: I think they, they mix him a drug, right? Like, it's something he has it's to still It's still confusing. Like the, yeah, it yeah. sort of figures out what it needs to do. Uh,
1: Batmite ends up surprisingly useful in this episode. He, like, traps Clayface in, like, a cave wall or something. Because Clayface keeps turning into different animals. And then he's a shark. And then, finally, they team up with the fake Robin. And the fake Robin says, well, Clayface confided in me. Because we're such close friends. Uh, that the, the, his one weakness is he can't swim. Uh, so if he doesn't take his potion... He will turn back into a person, and if he's not a shark, he
0: can't swim, and that's how they catch Clayface. Uh, Clayface mm. takes a potion. Yes. He he actively gives himself the clay powers. Yeah. Uh, I think that's different from uh, versions I'm familiar with. Different, where, well,
1: Clayface uh, went through a lot of different versions. And sometimes he was an actor who was like a Lon Chaney type, and he had, like mm. just could like stretch his face. And he couldn't do his yeah. whole body. He couldn't, like, transform into I, uh, it into a bunch of different things. I remember but, the
0: animated series, yeah. he had found some sort of, like, miracle compounds that could, yeah. like, literally turn his face, could into make play. it moldable for a few moments. And it yeah. could kind of, like, but and then, then, then in, it would eventually squeeze back into place. And then, in the but then Batman, he fell into a whole vat of it and became, like, pretty much all of this giant clay thing glo- yeah. glo-
1: Clayface is one of those characters who was never great in the comics, and then Batman the Animated Series fixed him right up. <laughs> Mr. Freeze is another one of those oh. where the character would never quite clicked until the animated series gave him some pathos, oh. and then he became a great character. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, Clayface is defeated. I'm not trying to think if there's anything else here. No. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, Curses oiled again. Another oil centric episode. Uh, this time, Catwoman and Clayface teaming up together are going to steal heating oil because it's cold in Gotham Uh, you
0: know gas heating that was more common in the 70s yeah Um, uh, they're doing that and they're like they're the B plot the A plot is actually uh, Batman having a rivalry with this really awful like snide sarcastic newscaster
1: yeah I kind of thought they were like Clayface was going to turn out to be the newscaster?
0: No, it turns out they just just have their own J. Jonah Jameson in this universe. They keep
1: forgetting to make it good. Like, it's right there. Like, a clean storytelling bit is right there, and they never actually, like... Yeah, movie, <laughs> I, I got nothing... Here. Okay, so uh, there's, a, there's a fun bit where Clayface is in the middle of a submarine, and he decides to turn himself into a giant white sperm whale, a la Moby Dick, and it breaks the submarine, and I'm like, that's expensive, you could have just sold that.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> if you just want the money, like... Sell the submarine. It's probably worth the, a lot. Why? They need to want to buy more submarines. Why would they sell the submarine? I don't know. They need more money to buy more submarines. The other thing
1: I was thinking about while I was watching this episode is uh, was another one where uh, Batgirl is the only one who actually likes Batmite and listens to Batmite and thinks Batmite has mm-hmm. something to contribute. And I'm starting to think like Batmite. Batmite doesn't officially live with Batman and Robin. Like he doesn't have a, an apartment there. They don't like him there. They want him gone. Why doesn't he just hang out with Batgirl? He likes
0: Batman But,
1: but like he Batgirl. loves Batgirl And she actually likes him back You would think At the very least in his like, you know mm. Dorky mind He would think to himself, well Batgirl actually wants me around Maybe she's should mm-hmm. just hang out with Batgirl All the time now And then it could still be Batmite and hang out with
0: Batgirl Yeah, right? Like it, I just feel like I feel like that would solve a lot of problems. I feel like after the third season of the original Batman series, uh, calling Batman and Robin the dynamic duo is a little bit of a, a misnomer. Well, yeah, they're, they're always calling... tooling around with well, Batgirl. They call them the terrific trio. But they still say dynamic duo now in the 70s. Well... I'm not sure if that's still a term they use in the comics.
1: I think like, it's just one of those things that King's it's just... Crusader it's, as well. Well, Cape Crusader is still occasionally used. But I feel like Dynamic Duo is just such a great alliteration. People still use it, even though yeah. it's not necessarily apropos. Batman in the comics has, like, an extended family of, like, dozens of people at this point. Yeah. You know, like, it's a, always a party in the Batcave. Uh, let's see, moving on, we have Birds of a Feather... Fool around together
0: Well this is another uh, Batman Becomes a Super Villain Episode
1: Yeah the idea is it's the yearly Underworld Convention Or Yuck And uh, both Penguin and Joker uh, want to be voted President of the Underworld Union uh, And so uh, Penguin says I'll prove that I Deserve the job by turning Batman And Robin into criminals With his crime slime and if you come into contact with crime slime, it changes your personality so that you become a criminal. And like all criminals, you have a New York accent. <laughs> That's it. You just sound like a, like a stereotypical New Yorker from a bad cartoon show. Hmm. That's what being a criminal is in this so universe.
0: It all, it all sounds like a terrible cartoon show. Yeah. Uh, uh, they prove that a- it
1: works by like squirting it on a mouse. Hmm. And then the mouse turns on the cat that was chasing it. And chases the, ma- the cat, and the cat's like, ah! And I'm like, uh, it's still a cat. Cats are evil. I,
0: okay, well, hang on. Mm. A, fuck you. B... No, no, that's just fact. Cats are evil. They, they don't play good guys in, in movies and cartoons. Swat cats. Those were not good cats. <laughs> <laughs> Samurai pizza cats. Those were fine cats. Okay.
1: Uh, but... Uh... Where is it going with this?
0: Speedy Serviche, polyester, and Guido. No, and the idea, were great, cats.
1: No, my point is this: I, I, the cat would still like even if it was a mean mouse. Like the, the mouse is like an attitude. Hmm. The cat is still ten times bigger than that mouse. No, the only reason wants to, cats wants chase they,
0: mice is because they're bullies and they're evil, and they want to intimidate something smaller than them. And if a mouse were to stand up to a cat. <laughs> we
1: also find out that Batman and Robin, when they're playing, when they're bowling in their private bowling alley, their bowling pins are carved to look like they're villains. Yeah! Which that's kind of fun. Which is mean. Well, like, this is, who this did that? This
0: is clearly what they're getting up to, like, after they've been alone for too long and they're, yeah. they're not, like, socializing or talking to yeah. other people much. What do you want to do? Let's just, let's carve these. <laughs> and then we can do bowling with them. Uh. <laughs> The idea of superheroes turning into supervillains stresses something that's really vital to superhero storytelling that isn't acknowledged much anymore. What's that? uh, The whole moral absolutism thing. Well, yeah, okay. Where heroes are always heroes and villains are always villains and never the twain shall meet. Yeah. And while we like to pretend that there's this... uh, more, a lot of moral gray areas in our superhero cinema There isn't It's still a, yeah. a vast divide between hero, heroism and villainy Yeah, even at the end of Even
1: the Batman movies that actually suggest That there is a moral uh, ambiguity or complexity to Batman Like The Dark Knight or mm-hmm. The Batman uh, At the end of the day, they're still portrayed as And they did everything right Or at least they tried Yeah, the, you they're, know, they're, like,
0: they're on their side of yeah, righteousness yeah, They're not a villain
1: Yeah, sure, Batman, you know, broke Every mm. single anti privacy law in the book with that weird cell phone thing at the end of the Dark Knight, mm. but it's okay because he had uh, he Lucius it Fox. When he was done, yeah. So like he only did it when he needed to. Like it sucks that like mm. Kiefer Sutherland can like cut off some guy's head just to like make a point in 24. But at the and end of the day, he did stop that terrorist attack. So the so ends it, always it justify it, yeah. the means. And there's
0: and if well and in superhero comics though that all of. Whatever the hero, done is, hero does is completely justified because mm-hmm. they're on the side of righteousness. Yeah, and we can accept that they're on the side of righteousness because they are heroes. This is a very simple world. Hey,
1: uh, it's almost it's almost tautological. Why everything mm-hmm. I do is heroic? Why? Because I'm the hero. I
0: am the hero, so yeah. everything I, I er, think. Ergo, uh,
1: everything I do is good.
0: And that thinking has allowed heroes in modern. Superhero storytelling to do horrible things. Yeah. That is not questioned by the other characters or by the audience. Yeah. We're just going to murder that person, but it's okay because they were bad and I am good.
1: Yeah. It's like our argument that uh, it's actually pretty shitty that Tony Stark, when he had the Mm -hmm. Infinity Gauntlet, and supposedly the most brilliant mind in the universe yeah,
0: had a moment where he could do anything he
1: wanted—literal omnipotence—and the only thing he could think to do to solve the problem was mass murder, just to and,
0: kill, kill everybody on the battlefield. And
1: again, I, I get tons of responses to this whenever I bring this up. People are like, "Well, yeah, but they were the bad guys," and I'm like, "Again, you, you're yeah, it's what well, what you said. It's it's yeah.
0: Well, it's there's there's the line backward of, reasoning. It's t- tautology.
1: Well, there's there's uh uh." There's a line that John Oliver John Oliver did a great bit recently uh where he talked about the flaws in the movie Airbud. It's
0: and, an inserted bit just on Airbud, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's a great bit. And uh there's a line there that I have taken out and I haven't had an opportunity to use it yet, but whenever someone uses as a counter argument uh something that they inserted in the text to let themselves off the hook like, for example, oh, well, the only. Doctor Strange said there's only one way to defeat Thanos. Ergo, mm-hmm. anything Tony Stark did must have been the right thing to do. Uh, there's a line that John Oliver had about Airbutt. I'm going to quote it right mm-hmm. here. I hear your point. I really do. It's the movie's point, isn't it? The movie fed you that point, and no disrespect. You ate it up uncritically. It's when you're, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I saw the movie too. I got what it laid down. I just then thought about it and came to a different conclusion, or I decided that I didn't like what happened for these reasons. That's being critical. So. Yeah, we, we, we did this a lot in Holy Batman where we talked about how like Batman is presented as this paragon of virtue, but actually a lot of the time in the 1960s series, he was standing in the way of sociological progress.
0: Or mm. Capitalistic
1: Progress, or Prison but Reform. He, he stood,
0: yeah. well, because what he stood for was uh, a very conservative mindset. Yeah. Uh, a previous generation's values, and trying to keep mm. those in place.
1: Which is why a lot of the villains in that series, even though they're technically bad guys, end up fe- seeming like counterculture heroes, because they're the ones who get to dress up and mince around. And, and are live. clearly
0: having fun.
1: And most of whom are clearly queer, and like mm. they're just living their lives and... You know, they're criminalized because Batman says so half the mm-hmm. time. Like, just saying. There's a lot of things we should probably question more. And well, like, do, I, and honestly, questioning them doesn't make us not fun. No, it doesn't make well, like, oh, well, well then we wouldn't have Batman. A, maybe that's not the worst fucking thing in the world. But B, we can't question it? Well what, what I find Batman fru- will be fine. What I
0: find completely <laughs> frustrating is, you know, when you're when you're a little kid uh, and you sort of don't have a mind yet for a lot of the complexities of the world's problems. The idea of there being good guys who are able to take care of the bad guys is a very uh, easy to understand and appealing idea.
1: Well, because when you're a kid, Mm. you see people who are mean to you as bad. Yeah. Uh, You know, unless you're internalizing it because Mm. it's like family or something like that. But like, you know, your bullies are just bad guys. Yeah, you, yeah. Do, you don't understand the nuance there, and then they're not really giving you much to work with. So who can mm-hmm. blame him? So the idea of just someone big and tough yeah, helping it. you with your bad guy problem is a fantasy in a,
0: in a snap. Like one afternoon, they yeah. just throw him that in jail. Batman just and just like it.
1: pulls him yeah. up by the scruff of their collar and says, "No bullying," and this puts him in mm-hmm. bad guy jail. And they'll be yeah. out again soon because bad guy jail isn't that bad. But it's just you know, think
0: about what yeah, you he, know. Won't, he won't actually kill. Him. Yeah. No, no, because no. you're a little kid. You want him to die. No, yeah. you won't. What I find curious is that very simple morality, mm-hmm. uh, this, this reasoning that uh, the, the, the good guy is going to be good because he does good things because he's a good guy, uh, is something that we've taken it, uh, into our adulthoods. Yeah. Uh, and I've I heard this a lot, that um, 9-11 was actually this big traumatic uh, cultural event mm. that brought that changed entertainment into something lighter that people responded to 9-11 in their entertainment Mm. by going into worlds where good guys could take care of the problem like that.
1: There would, there would be an, it a, was a, an oversimplification exactly. of us versus them. The,
0: yeah. the, the, now it's an us versus them thing yeah. and there are heroes in that world that could have taken care of that and one prevented counter, that.
1: One counterpoint to that, I don't, I'm not going to completely dispute the, This is point, just but, something I've
0: heard, I'm not something, Well, I'm necessarily arguing as Well I, um, I
1: think the obvious counterpoint to that is the horror genre went in completely the other direction yeah, yeah, and yeah. we started going to like, like actual a lot, a lot like torture
0: movies. Yeah, yeah, and
1: really nihilistic type mm-hmm. of horror films in order to basically yeah, portray the The antithesis of that A
0: lot lot of uh, Sociologists and critics Pointed to the rise Of superhero cinema As a post 9-11 phenomenon Sure Uh, And Well look at the Avengers What What
1: do they do They don't stop things Like they don't Save the world By like helping people they before fight, problems they, they like fight, it, oh, uh, you did something bad to us mm. and now we do bad things to you because yeah. you started they're it. called avengers yeah. they, they
0: don't stop things they avenge they them. don't prevent
1: things they don't like Not, make the world a better place they just mm. avenge they just bring more violence after violence is done to us mm. uh
0: speaking Hi, of bringing, <laughs> bringing violence luca's uh, punching luca's, but uh, the luca's point i was going to make day is, day. is a lot of people are bringing that moral absolutism with them into their adulthoods, and they're still yeah. going to superhero movies mm-hmm. as, as they age. It's well, a, a lot of politicians
1: on. are weaponizing that as exactly, a us versus yeah. them mentality when that's really mm-hmm. a gross and, oversimplification uh, of how life works. Th-
0: there was a, a, a review of the movie Turning Red going around on social media oh, for God. a little bit uh, about this a young critic. Yeah, he was in his 20s. Yeah. I, I looked him up. Uh, and uh, his name is uh, what was his screen name? It was like mis- Mr. Master. I forgot his actual name. Uh, But uh, this critic was complaining that uh, Turning Red, which took place in 2002, Mm -hmm. didn't talk about 9-11 enough. Yeah. Like, that was a criticism he had. Like, it was... Surely
1: everyone in 2002, all they could talk about was 9-11, was kind of the attitude. And
0: and, uh, I think the critic was, like, 10 at 9-11. So, uh, like, that's his recollection of that time, was that uh, that was all anybody could think about. Right.
1: And it's the assumption that Uh, your worldview and that your experience must be that of everybody.
0: He, he, uh, but the odd assumption is that he wanted this uh pixar film about Mm -hmm. uh, uh, this teen girl who is turning into a giant red panda yeah and it's clearly a metaphor for adolescence yeah to be a lot more serious about 9-11 yeah there are adult movies that address that but we expect it from our kid entertainment it's kind of weird that people are growing up with this moral absolutist mindset from their superhero entertainment expecting it to sort of grow with them and to start addressing the thing that it was initially designed to avoid in the first place. Yeah. Well,
1: again, cuz like the idea we, we so much of the media that we consume mm-hmm. uh, it, for like mainstream audiences is stuff that is designed for younger audiences. This is designed superhero stuff is designed for young people to enjoy. Why? Mm-hmm. Cuz it's a simplification. Yeah, even at its yeah. best,
0: even the good stuff, even the complicated stuff is still a simplification. The idea, if there's a hero, a mm-hmm. superhero in your movie, yeah, it's already it's, it's already been oversimplified because those characters are meant to represent that simplification.
1: Exactly. Now the problem is, is that a lot of people are growing up and they're still watching these things. That's not a problem in of itself. I'm not no, saying no, that. Continue, but what, please. But, but understand my point, my point is what's this. going on in those entertainments. My point is this: they're ex- a lot of people are asking these entertainments, which are still made for the same demographic that you are growing out of, hmm. to grow up with them constantly. So they want superhero stories to get darker and more meaningful and more nuanced, Mm.
0: even though they're not designed to do that. They're necessarily, they are necessarily set in a moral absolute universe. If you want more... You can't actually have those uh, shades of gray. Or if you're going to, you have Mm. to violate a lot about what makes those heroes appealing. You would have to have a Batman who kills. Uh, I yeah. I think maybe that's why a lot of people were drawn to like the Zack Snyder stuff. I think that's yeah. adolescent and not exactly. they
1: want but it's uh, it's it's mature in an adolescent way. Mm. Which I think is part of the problem. And like it's, it's it's not eight years old, now it's like thirteen and that's yeah. but mm. the but the whole but the whole basic vibe is this. If you want nuance, you have to move outside of a simplified world. Mm. Superheroes are designed to be a simplified world, even if they're most complicated. Yeah. Uh I'm not saying there aren't a lot of wonderful, complicated, mature stories right. set in superhero worlds, the Watchmen, et cetera, uh, like that's yeah, like, been done. Like, but it, like, in
0: co- it's more common in, in the actual comic books than yeah. it is in like the the films and TV shows based on them. Yeah, because uh, there's just by dint of their yeah, volume. And I
1: don't want to be reductionist here yeah. either, but it's just a general sort of trend that we can focus on. Anyway, back to this ridiculous show. Uh, Look, there's two I, more there's two more episodes i, I, I just
0: left. wanted to bring that up because that's something that whenever there's this flip from good to bad in mm. a superhero show it like mm. this starts weighing on me it's like well what if you give it to somebody who's morally neutral do mm. they become villainous or do they become something yeah. a little bit different well
1: what happens in this episode and this is weird because there's no indication that this uh, crime slime would do this the crime slime gets on Batmind and penguin and they end up switching bodies And now the Hmm. penguin has godlike powers.
0: Batmite's not human. But
1: but yeah, but Penguin now has Batmite's godlike powers, and he's still going through with the plan. You're God now.
0: (laughs) Just snap your fingers Just do whatever you
1: want. Like, Batmite, we we don't really see the limits of his powers, but he's the most powerful being in the history of Batman. Like, you're fine. (laughs) I, I I don't understand. Um,. Anyway, well, well
0: uh, we get on to uh, the two-part episode after this. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: so there's th- there's two more ep- there's three more episodes, but one of them is a two-parter. The two-parter is Have an Evil Day, at which point we introduce uh, a new villain, brand new villain named Zarbor, who comes from the same they say planet, but before well, they say, previously, they say we previously dimension. They they waffle back and forth. Sometimes uh, they say planet, so. sometimes they say dimension. Uh he comes in the same world as Batmite. And like Batmite, he is a little elf-like creature and he has incredible powers. And his plan is to enlist the aid of Batman's villains, Joker, Penguin, Catwoman, and Clayface, to distract Batman so that he can shrink all the world's nuclear power plants, all of which are in Gotham, um, and take them back to his world, which is experiencing an energy crisis. Then he can blackmail them and saying, I'll give you all the power you want if you make me your leader. I think my favorite bit in this episode is when he... Teleports Joker, Penguin, Catwoman, and Clayface uh, to his lair. Tells them the plan. And then he sends them to Joker's house. And at Joker's house, they all immediately start an infight over who's going to be middle management. (laughs) That's like, okay, Zarbor's obviously in charge. I can respect that. He's got all-powerful godlike powers. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, I, Clayface... Uh, want to be second in command. Does anyone have a problem with that? And Catwoman's like, I do have a problem with that. I would like to be second in command uh, because I am, the, I am the Catwoman. I am the most mischievous of all of us. And like, well, yes, I have the most powers. And Penguin's like, yes, but I've, I'm the most illustrious career. And the Joker settles the argument by saying, yeah, but it's my house. And they're like, fair enough. <laughs> like, he brought something to the table. It's not your house.
0: I live here. All right? We're going to make yourself cozy. We're going to establish some ground rules. I've always found it a little weird when supervillains have just like property. Yeah. Like they just, they're renting or yeah. like they just have a place to crash. Yeah. They had to fill like, paperwork. Someone like checked the Joker's credit rating. Yeah. Like a, a, a supervillain typically has a lair, like some, <laughs> a place they've had to repurpose. Yeah. A place they're clearly squatting. No, the they're Joker
1: not... has a house. Yeah. It's just out there it, somewhere. Well,
0: it means he has an address. It means he pays bills. It means he yeah. gets mail. <laughs> yeah. He's easy to find. I
1: want to be the Joker's <laughs> mailman.
0: <laughs> here's that giant spring you ordered. <laughs> Rolling it up. <laughs> Let's see, here's that envelope. Ah, oh, spring-loaded fist. Mm. Uh. Mm. So uh, yeah, but, then but this this is a big uh, mm. because it's a two part episode yeah. and we have all like four big villains together. This yeah. is this series version of the sixty six movie. Yeah, basically where we're gonna get all the villains together. And, and going but now to, we have a batmite
1: villain as well. Yeah. But,
0: and we have a batmite villain who's sort of ruling them all. So we got. Yeah. Uh, I I don't want to say it's an interesting story because this show is actually incredibly badly written. Right. But but it's interesting for this show. I think that this two part episode is showing that they're capable of doing creative things that they were wholly incapable of doing on the original show. Well, the other thing is. Because they have stuff like Clayface mm -hmm. and the Chameleon, like these really weird villains that can contort their bodies and do things in animation. And now we're just. Throwing new settings everywhere It's It's not just Gotham City Yeah, Uh, We're going into other dimensions Uh, Batman and Robin get trapped in a bubble And are transported to a Batmite's dimension I
1: I want to bring this up Because this is actually This is the other thing Interesting about this This is a rare thing In Saturday morning cartoons In the 70s It's a Mm two-parter They didn't used to do A lot of two-parters Because there was no guarantee You'd ever see the second one
0: or see them uh, in the right order. Or they would rerun them in the right way. Exactly.
1: And... So it's kind of weird that it ends on a cliffhanger with Batman villains having Batman and Robin captured, and then at the beginning of the second episode, Batman and Robin are sent to Batmite's uh, and Zarbor's planet dimension, whatever. Um, and they end up, and this gets this goes full sci-fi. They have to fight an army of robots. They have to. Um, what was there? They got a they, the thing. Uh, they have energy shortage. There's a floating. Uh, Arbor has. A, Zarbor has. His own sidekick. It's a floating robot named Chug, and that's right, uh, Chug. And Chug, Chug, Chug is long suffering, and you can know that Chug has seen some bad times because he's a robot with a bandaid on it. Hmm. <laughs> you know, because he got cut that one time.
0: <laughs> I don't... Uh, that's a way to like. Didn't you ever have to fix uh, like a, a, a cracked radio or something around your house What's with a
1: bandaid With an
0: adhesive strip? Yeah. No, like, a cracked radio. What do you want to do with a bandaid? Well, instead of like taping it back together, you don't have tape around, so you have to improvise and use a band. I saw that a lot as a kid. Okay, people use it, it, mm. adhesive bandages as to fix broken things.
1: Anyway, the only other thing I wrote down for this episode was robot bubble rockets. Which there are And then lastly uh, The final episode of the series Is uh, uh, Zarbor is defeated Surprise uh, This looks like a job for Batmite Which sees the immediate return of Zarbor He breaks out of prison And decides to go on a rampage In Gotham City Once again He turns Batman and Robin evil I wonder if this was in Adam West and Burt Ward's contract That they had to be <laughs> evil a certain amount of the time
0: Because yeah. it's more interesting Um, I'm wondering where Adam West and Bert. No, uh, because we're wrapping up the series. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm wondering where Adam West and Bert Ward were, sort of in their careers when they were asked to be Batman and Robin again after a decade. It's my understanding that Adam West had been trying to move away
1: from this, Mm -hmm. but it had been about ten years, and you know, work wasn't great, Mm -hmm. and he decided to embrace it. Yeah, uh, uh,
0: which is a pity because they're both very talented. They're very, uh, they're very we, we watched Batman uh, all every episode, and we constantly gave credit to uh, their comedic timing, mm-hmm. their devotion to the material. Uh, their, their physicality was yeah, quite impeccable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they really brought it. They're like, these are professional actors. They're, this is not a case of uh, Adam West and Burt Ward not having anything beyond this range. It's kind of a pity that they got pigeonholed because that robbed them of work, and I would like to see them have... Mm. See, I would like to have seen them do more. Yeah, uh, I know we got to see uh Adam West in uh sort of later in his career do sort of comedic roles, like in um that uh that wonderful pilot, was it Bennigan? Uh, uh Bran- Branigan. Brannigan, that was yeah. It. uh, yeah, where he played an uh, an actor from an old cop show, yeah, who, he, who started to believe he was kind of a cop. Yeah,
1: imagine if Mannix, like 20 years later, went around Hollywood acting like Mannix, and yeah, everyone was yeah, yeah. like, just let him do it. It doesn't mm. hurt anybody. Like, it was pretty funny. And then, of course, he uh, satirized his own persona on Family mm. Guy, where he played the mayor yeah, of Gohawk uh, for a long time. On, on
0: Cancel Too Soon, we covered that show Danger Theater, where he uh, played sort of like a Hawaii Five O guy, mm. but he was like really clueless. Oh, what was that
1: show we did on Cancel Too Soon, where I think it was like the last precinct? It was the last precinct.
0: The last area. Yeah. Where he was
1: the chief of police at a wacky police academy precinct, mm. which is also one of the... First, TV shows I've ever seen that had an ongoing, recurring main character who was trans. They were played yeah, by a cis actress, but. A,
0: a, tra- a trans main character. Yeah, you who know. was
1: treated with dignity, actually, for the most hmm. part. You know, and that was and, and like a, a lot a, to ask a, in the 80s. A few
0: things were said at her expense, but the person who said them was always called out.
1: Always in the wrong. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hmm.
0: It's. and there's an a Odd pl- footnote in history that nobody a, talks a about. There was a plot that after she had transitioned, like, her, her parents were coming to visit and, like, yeah. they weren't at peace with it. and Yeah. It was actually, like,. Yeah, for the 80s, pretty tastefully done Surprisingly so yeah. for
1: the era, yeah um, So Adam West had a good career Burt Ward had a good career um, Burt Ward didn't act a lot But he ended up doing like a lot of charity work and Yeah, he, you know.
0: he worked with a lot of animal charities Yeah, in fact,
1: when he had Burt Ward had a cameo as this version of Robin In an episode of The Flash Or Legend of mm. Tomorrow, whatever uh, And there's just one shot from his universe And he's like walking dogs
0: and it's, that's
1: that's it. He's just like yeah. in one shot. Um,
0: uh, Adam West is goofing around. Yeah. You can tell in his voice performance and, yeah, uh, that He's, he's, just he's not of, taking
1: it too seriously
0: like, Oh, bat bite like, He's trying to overact a little bit <laughs> just with his voice But he's doing
1: it well, he's actually he's a good about, voice actor
0: I feel like Burt Ward actually is trying to bring a little bit more character to it Yeah, Because he's hes clearly pitching his voice up He's trying to sound younger He's a decade older at this point He yeah. was already uh, like
1: He was already technically too old to begin with He was already 30, he was already 30 when yeah. he was playing
0: the boy Wonder He was just shorter than Adam West That's yeah. the only thing that made him look boyish and, yeah. that, and that little boyish haircut yeah, they gave him. Yeah, he
1: looked fine. You know, he, mm. made, it, he made it work. Mm.
0: Um, anyway. But uh, I, I feel like they're... Uh, they're Burt Ward is taking this a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. But I think they're both just sort of messing around. I think they are. They've r- recorded this in mm-hmm. probably a very short span. Mm-hmm. They got like one paycheck for all of the performances that they performed over the course of a week. Yeah. And uh, as such, I think a lot of the spirit is gone. Mm. This is technically a continuation of the '66 show. Arguably, yes. Uh, the villains look and sound a lot different. They're, I'm always a lot different. Yeah, but they're but cartoons. I think they're so, of course they're going to. They're cartoons, but I think you can't they're get, supposed oh, to be the same ones. Well, so also, the, the also likeness rights might
1: be an issue. Maybe yeah. you're not allowed to make it look just like Cesar Romero. Yeah, maybe, you know? maybe so, but yeah.
0: I'm, I'm, this is supposed to be the Cesar Romero Joker. That's the And the Burgess Meredith Penguin. Like Definitely the Burgess the Meredith
1: character. Penguin. Definitely Burgess Meredith Penguin. Uh,
0: I am sensing nothing from The New Adventures of Batman, that has any of the humor or the fun from the 1966 mm. show. Yeah. The, uh, it is just a cynical cash-in, and I think we can all just openly acknowledge that. Sure. Uh, but even a cynical cash-in can try to do something, can try to reach back and try to uh, get sort of that raucous satirical bent that the original show had, a little bit of that counterculture feeling. This doesn't have any of that counterculture feeling, and I blame Batmite Batmite Ugh. changed the tone of this show. Um, Batmite
1: if, was a huge mistake. If
0: they had tried to do just Batman and Robin and thought a little bit more about their living situation, mm-hmm. if they were just bachelors, if they said things like, gosh, I wish there was someone around, well, let's throw pens into the ceiling. It's like they got nothing else to do. <laughs> Like they're just bored at home now. Why do we even get out of these just, costumes? I don't know. We just should wear them all the time, shouldn't we? Well, what's weird is that they do
1: kind of have costumes whenever they're not Batman and Robin. Mm. They're wearing bright red jumpsuits <laughs> like and more. shorts. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't understand it at all. Mm. Anyway, um, I don't disagree. I think Batmite is—it's not a great show to begin with, but Batmite is the death of this thing. Batmite is constantly stopping the show. Yeah. Anytime something cool is about to happen in the show and you're watching it and you like, oh, cool, we're gonna go on an adventure with Batman and then Batmite shows up and ruins it. And me, Bat-Mite. And he makes it less fun. Batman makes the show about Batman fighting supervillains less fun. I can't put it any more succinctly than that. He makes it worse. There's nothing Batmite contributes to the show, not even once, that makes it more entertaining Certainly, as an adult, but even as a child, I would have been annoyed. Hmm. So, when it comes right down to it, was the New Adventures of Batman canceled too soon? Uh, the answer is no, no. I, I'm no. glad Adam West and Bert Ward got a paycheck for a while. Hmm. Like I guess that's nice, and I well, guess if it I had continued, it would have been harmless. But I don't want. But little, I don't
0: want more of don't this. little kids to waste their time on this just yeah. so Adam West and Bert Ward can have a paycheck. I want Adam West and Bert Ward to get a paycheck. Making something that was a little bit more spirited or yeah. at least funny—it doesn't have to be identical. Eh, you can, it can change it. Time. You can even add magical stuff and well, have characters like the chameleon and still have the same spirit. Well,
1: which brings us to the next uh, series of adventures for Adam West and Burt Ward as Batman and Robin, because uh, we will continue our journey in Holy Batman over on our Patreon page, which is a Patreon exclusive. Uh, it's a Holy Batman will continue uh, with the next chapter on Patreon, and that is. Legends of the Superheroes, which is a series of two hour long live action TV specials produced by Hanna Barbera in 1979. And the first of which, we will give it its whole episode, uh, is about uh, the Justice League assembling in live action uh, to celebrate uh, a birthday of an elderly retired hero named the Scarlet Cyclone. And then, the party is uh, uh, gatecrashed by the Legion of Doom, which consists of live-action versions of the following villains. The Riddler, the Weather Wizard, Sinestro, pretty sure that's the first live-action version of that, Mordrew, Dr. Sivana, Giganta, and Solomon Grundy. So we're going to be dealing with that in the next episode of Holy Batman, and then after that... The next episode of Legends of the Superheroes was a celebrity roast hosted by Ed McMahon from The Tonight Show. (laughs) Oh my God in heaven. So those are the next two episodes of Holy Batman right there. I'm looking forward to getting to those. Coming up next on Cancel Too Soon, however. And again, I know we took a long break. And if you follow our other shows, you'll know that we had personal problems that kind of ruined the month of April for us. We are back, and our next episode of Cancel Too Soon will be one of our favorite subgenres, 1990s action sci-fi.
0: We are going back
1: to Time Cop the series.
0: That's our wheelhouse, man.
1: Yep, from 1997 to 1998, there was a live-action television series based on the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Time Cop, which I think itself was based on a comic book. Uh, and uh, we will be reviewing all of that And I am super excited Because that is totally my jam uh, So <laughs> stick around for that And of course stick around for all of our other shows On Critically Acclaimed If you head on over to our Patreon Patreon.com slash Critically Acclaimed Network In addition to Getting Holy Batman You can get a lot of other exclusive shows If that's what you're into We have shows uh, dedicated to every single film ever nominated For the Academy Award for Best Picture We have a weekly series where We're reviewing every single episode of Star Trek in order we do commentary tracks. We're about to have our first ever uh, critically acclaimed trivia night. Uh, so uh, if you want to join out in the top tier, you can participate there. You can play trivia with me and or Whitney. Schedule permitting. Uh, mm-hmm. Not necessarily, We won't necessarily both be there every time, but one of us or both will. And um, that's really exciting. We can't wait to get to jump into that with y'all. So mm-hmm. uh, we're also on Twitter at critic acclaim. I am at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. If you want to talk about anything we discussed in this episode... You can email us. Our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. And we might read your email on an upcoming episode of our podcast, We've Got Mail. Whitney, if they prefer to, e- to mail us the old-fashioned way, what
0: is our P.O. Box? Uh, yeah, send us an actual letter. P.O. Box six four one five six five, Los Angeles, California, 90064. Right, thank you so much for listening.
1: Thank you to every single person here uh, who's here for Cancel Too Soon. Thank you to every single person here uh, who is here for the extension of Holy Batman. And to all the rest of you who just like Batman podcasts or stuff. Mm -hmm. you're all awesome thank you so much that's a wrap we will see you next season
0: what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to
1: support gut health shop now at hero.co